This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. All right. The number again, 855-450-FREE. And you can actually control the content of the site as uh, you find something online, come across something you think is interesting, entertaining, fun, whatever, informative. You want to share it with our listeners. You submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It is then subject to a vote by the other listeners, and you get to vote on things, too. Uh, the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning that there's always something fresh there, because, thankfully, there are always people participating and submitting and voting over at freetalklive.com. Because if, awesome. if you didn't, our site would suck. Because <laughs> uh, it's all about you and what you think's important. So drop on by freetalklive.com and get interactive there. Coming up here uh, tonight, Mark, you had a, a, a pretty interesting story right out the gate, which one was the first one you'd mentioned to me? Are we talking about the PayPal co-founder to build a city on the sea? Yes. yes I'm interested in that. I want to talk about it, uh, but first I want to continue what we were discussing last night at the very end of the program. And Mark, you weren't here for the very first day of this, uh, but it's now the third day that we've been talking about the 15 powerful things that happy people do differently. And I like a good self-improvement article. Yeah, right on. I think uh, it's important to keep the uh, an appropriate perspective in one's life and try to stay away from negativity. I think that can really destroy uh, someone from the inside. So uh, being aware of one's mindset, being aware of, aware of how one is, uh, is behaving or uh, reacting in a situation is really important uh, because otherwise you could end up spiraling down into a morass of negativity and then who knows what that'll do for your life. Probably nothing good. Uh, it could result in everything from uh, you know heart condition to just being a grumpy Gus and that's no fun. I mean, You, you get- don't really need to look that far to find somebody who's doing worse than you are. That's true. <laughs> you really don't. I mean, I, I, Does that this, make you happy? <laughs> I, it, it, it gives me pause. In, in the cold shower I'm taking right now in the apartment, I'm vacating because I'm out of oil and I don't want to put more in the tank. Yeah. You know, but I have friends who this are in the hospital. It's not it's not winter time. I'm not out of oil. But it's still cold. Like even up here in, in New Hampshire, I mean if you were to go in the water in some sort of lake or we had a frost ocean, frost morning on Friday. Yeah. So it's still I it's, be cold. it's not it's not that difficult to really look at at around you and see people who are doing worse off than you are. You know what? It's I had a cold shower. So what? My friends in the hospital or right. people I care about are, are in worse situations than I am. It's not that difficult. So if you want to add your thoughts to this discussion, you're certainly welcome to do so. And then we'll talk about the island at sea or the man-made uh, platform thing, which sounds pretty exciting. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. This is from a website called PurposeFairy.com. And again, the 15 powerful things that happy people do differently. Just to briefly recap, love versus fear, uh, meaning that uh, you know, staying in a position of love, coming from a position of love as, as often as possible and trying to avoid fear and reject it. Two, acceptance versus resistance. Three, forgiveness versus unforgiveness. Four, trust versus doubt. Five, meaning versus ambition. These are all choices you can make uh, in your life about how you look at things. Number six, praising versus criticizing. Seven, challenges versus problems, meaning you see problems as challenges to be overcome. Eight, selflessness versus selfishness. This is one of the big 
points of discussion last night. Uh, the idea being that my suggestion is that you can't actually be selfless. It's impossible. You have to be selfish because otherwise you're going to die if you don't take yeah, care of pretty yourself. Much. Pretty much. What good are you? If you can't help yourself first, then how could you possibly be able to help someone else? So I think that the perspective there is that you want to help others, that's good. There's, there's value in wanting to help others. Uh, but ultimately, you have to help yourself before you can really be effective I, helping I think others. The, the way that it goes is you have to make sure your own tank is full. Yes. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be in terms of love or giving or gas or whatever it is that, that makes you tick. Gas is um, a bad idea. Uh, Okay, I'll take I'll take your word for that. But the point but what, being, you can't what, give somebody gas if you don't if have you, any. If you have an empty tank, right. you you have no right. gas to give. So you sure. have to take care of yourself first, number, or you're, you'll end up giving yourself into the ground. Number nine was abundance versus lack or poverty, coming at life from a perspective of looking at everything that's out there as, wow, there's plenty. We've got so much here, and whatever it is that we come up against that's a challenge, as we talked about before, can be overcome through the ingenuity of the, the mind. That uh, moves us to number ten, where we left off last night. Dreaming big versus being realistic. These people don't really care about being realistic. They love and dare to dream big. They always listen to their heart and intuition, and the greatness of their accomplishments scares many of us. And then there's a quote here from, I believe it's pronounced Gaith, G-O-E-T-H-E. Dream no small dreams, for they have no power to move the hearts of men. And it is important to uh, to dream big. And of course, we talked about you know being happy at, at what you do, um, not being miserable and getting paid a lot. What good is that? What good is it to, to get you know a big paycheck if you're not happy with what you're spending your time on? So it's important to follow your dreams and and dream big. You might as well go out there and do it. You know, I think that some people uh, don't like failure. Failure, you know, is such a uh, degrading thing for them that they don't want to dream big. And but you're going to fail anyway. <laughs> well, That's you're, true. That's very true. You're always, always going to make failure. mistakes. Yep. And you're going to die at the end of it. So um, <laughs> right. you might as well dream big. I, I see the point. Aspiring for perfection is just defeating anyway. Perfection uh, is the enemy of completion. Meaning that's, if you continue to yes. perfect something, you're never going to be done with it. So at some point, you just have to say, that's it. I do that with uh, with video editing because I can spend hours and hours and hours yeah, and hours. Yeah, fine-tuning, sound, yeah. everything. I, I get very much yeah. like that with graphics as well. Yeah. I, and you can't. You you have to be able. Good and enough. And it's, it's really a skill to be able to say, you know what? Good enough. Yep. Exactly. Number 11, kindness versus cruelty. They are kind to themselves, that is, happy people, and others, and they excuse me, and they understand the power of self-love, self-forgiveness, and self-acceptance. Which is kind of interesting because you know earlier they're talking about the selflessness thing, the idea that you should be selflessness, but then they acknowledge here in this one that uh, you have to love yourself. There's there's got to be a balance to it. I don't like selfish as a term. I mean, I get what people sometimes can mean when they say mm-hmm. selfish, but selfish really is this terrible manipulative word that people use in order to get other people to do what they want them to do. What, where You're they're being val- selfish. What their values are. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I, if I don't want to give to your particular charity or I don't want to give to, you know, the government's welfare or I don't want to pay taxes, I'm not selfish. It's because I don't think that those are good choices right. with my money. There are other charities that I'd rather give my money to, and because I'd rather put them in other places or you know, put them towards other things doesn't make me a selfish person just because I don't have the same values that you do. 
Number 12, gratitude versus ingratitude. No matter where they look, no matter where they are or with who, they have this cap- uh, capacity of seeing beauty where most of us would only see ugliness just and take opportunities. Advan- just take it for granted and not even realize it. I see this a lot in, in people that I've, I've known over the years. It is so easy. Like I was saying earlier, it's, it's really easy to look and, and see who has things worse than you do. Even when you and even when you have nothing to give, there is someone who has more nothing than you do. Yeah, this is. Uh, I was teasing you about uh, you know making you happy that other people were in worse shape than you, but uh, this is a technique that I used while I was in prison. I had worked as a teacher's aide in high school for a guy who was a partial, I think, a partial quadriplegic, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that he could move his arms, but he couldn't move his hands and he couldn't move his legs, and he was in a wheelchair and. You know, he was a bright and happy guy who uh, you know really ran a great class, and I loved him. And you know, as bad as things might have been in prison, I could move my arms and legs for yeah. sure. That's right. So you know, I mean, that's it's it's always something to think about that things could always be worse, and that's it is a way, it is a technique of not feeling uh, too bad for yourself when you're down. Yeah, you know, when you're Absolutely. when you're up, why bother? <laughs> yeah, it, it's why people go volunteer. I know at soup kitchens and and other similar charities, uh, holiday time is tough because they have an overabundance of volunteers. Right. It's it's the off season, quote unquote, when they have nobody. But then all of a sudden people are like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, it's Christmas. It's time to go volunteer. So they have a, a an influx, a, a plethora of people that they don't have a use for. But the rest of the year, they really have a hard time with with volunteers and with help. Mm-hmm. We are going so, to come back with more of this discussion here in moments. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You are welcome to add your thoughts in. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live. Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Mandrick? How about trying Stateless Sweets government-free fudge and caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to statelesssweets.com. That's statelesssweets.com. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Those features include news updates. You can get signed up and follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method is your preference. And follow the latest about Free Talk Live in that way. News.freetalklive.com will take you there to get signed up for free. 855-450-FREE. This program is brought to you by the Free State Project. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up in about a month from now. It's going to be June 18th through the 24th. Hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all going to be camping out, having fun with uh, one another, family fun. There's going to be uh, you know, everything from adult parties to family events. It's just a blast. There's so much that goes on. Live music, karaoke. Uh, there's a rant contest. There's going to be a roast. Free Talk Live will be there broadcasting live every single night. Uh, there's just a lot happening. You can go to porkfest.com to learn more. Get registered there for 35 bucks for the entire week. Of course, camping is extra, but I think it's only like 27 bucks. 
like it's less than 30 bucks a night for a campsite there. And of course, if you split the cost with somebody else, then it's pretty cheap. Uh, but the best part about it is to be around other people that like and appreciate the ideas of freedom. So go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com, porkfest.com, learn more about the event, get signed up, and we will see you there. Our number here tonight is 855-453. We're talking about the 15 things that, uh, 15 powerful things that happy people do differently. And we left off, by the way, this article from purposefairy.com, uh, left off on gratitude versus ingratitude, in that there's always something to be grateful for. And I think it's important, this this is something that felt really cheesy to me a few years ago, and uh, honestly, I've been kind of slacking on it recently. I need to get back at it. But to think about things every single day that you're grateful for, to focus on gratitude rather than focusing on your problems and what the issues might be uh, of the day, to focus on, oh man, it sure, sure is beautiful out today. Or, yeah. You know, boy, it's great. Or even to, on a rainy day. That's I, true. I love rainy days. I, I think rain is beautiful, personally, so it doesn't bother me. And uh, so, you know, and to also look at other, you know, your circumstances and be grateful for your health, to be grateful to be able to walk around, to this know, is, not be in a hospital bed. This is something that happened to me sort of during my teenage years. And I think that a lot of people share this experience um, is that it was cool to be cynical, to be angry. Um, yeah, grumpy, angst. You know, these terms are used all along. And a person who is cynical and grumpy and has angst would not be a person who is gra- grateful for anything because mm-hmm. you know it, it just wouldn't fit into the culture that I of the peer group the that world I had sucks right that kind of <laughs> you know that kind of thing that was going on um, in high school for me and as you know but it's I, easy to to be like that I mean there is a lot to look at and it, dislike it's easy to feel entitled as well I think that's one of the biggest frustrations that I run into personally in my dealings with other people is just the the sense of entitlement when I lost my job three years ago I went to unemployment because I had I'd lost my job and I hadn't been fired I was just downsized I hadn't done anything wrong mm-hmm. and there were three people who were just absolutely nasty to the receptionist to the to the the person who came to meet them because they felt that they were in that the person who was not conducting themselves as a respectable person it just felt that these people were just standing between them and a check and mm. as such you know they they didn't need to be treated with respect that they didn't need to be treated with any sort of dignity they were just another number i mean a whole government agent aside when you have somebody who is working to help you, don't be rude to them. It could be somebody who's who's getting you your coffee in the morning when you go to the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. It's like, well, how can may, you... maybe it's not even that situation. Maybe like today, I was on the street and uh, was in downtown Keene, was approached by one of the code enforcers, mm. uh, Josh, and he wanted to talk to me about an article I'd written over at freekeen.com about how Fred, who's another one of the code enforcers here in town, had been picking on my neighbors. Uh, my neighbors had a car parked in their side yard, not on an approved surface, <laughs> and someone had allegedly called in an anonymous complaint to the code enforcement department, and they were responding because of that. And it was two of them, so they were double-teaming uh, her. It was uh, Fred and then his uh, his partner, Josh. And it was Josh who'd approached me on the street today because he was he was upset. Uh, I had you know I'd hurt his feelings by by essentially saying that he was threatening my neighbor. He oh goodness! He didn't want to feel Poor like Josh. he was threatening this lady, and of course he didn't 
threaten her openly. Right. I mean, he didn't say, hey, lady, move that car. I'm going to punch you in the nose. Right. He said, hey, lady, you do what this little piece of paper says that I'm giving you, right. or I will bring forth the full force of the Keene uh, municipal government in order to take your house away. I had a, You'll do what I say, or I'll take your home. Like, I'd rather get right. punched in the nose, Josh. Right. right. I said, well, I, I had a great conversation with one of the por- parking enforcement people this weekend because I was out having breakfast with friends. And, oh, there she is. And my friend reached into his pocket and gave me a handful of change, like, go to it. And, yep, I sure did. Robin Hooded all over uh-huh. Central Square. And she just said, I, I caught up with her. I said, do they make you go out and, and read meters on the rainy days, too? Of course they do. That's yeah, her job. Sure. Yeah. That is an innocent, innocuous question, right? So it's whatever. To make conversations. like, yeah, this isn't my date. This isn't what I do for a living. I'm like, Really? You, you know, you have a life outside of this. Well, I do too. And do you, well, what do the parking fines actually go to fund? It's just like, oh, all the gardening in downtown King. <laughs> no, they don't. And, and all um, st- the, so, the, the parking runs in the red. The parking, therefore, goes to fund the people who walk around right. and do the parking. So she said salaries and all that stuff too, yep. which was fine. And I said, okay, so me being me, yeah, do you think that you as a government person should really be going around giving me a ticket that it could ultimately result in me sitting in jail. And she didn't want to answer that. No. And uh, Josh was the same way. Uh, it's, it makes him very uncomfortable. It's a right. perspective that they don't they don't want to entertain because this is just her 9 to 5 job. She's not going and answering phones somewhere. She's not being a, a secretary in city hall where there's a posting for a jobless a job listing posting right now. They're hiring for a secretary in city hall. She's not doing that. She is actually going out and sitting in court because she's doing it with me about a month from now. Uh, you know, me too. And, and, uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and really starting and initiating the force of the state. Right. And so this is a convers- similar to the conversation I had with Josh today, where I pointed out the gun in the room. Like, well, you know, I know that you don't feel like you're threatening people. You don't want to. But ultimately, if I don't do or my neighbors don't do what you say and move the car off the unapproved surface, that, uh, you know, there's going to be another letter that comes from you guys. And this one might threaten $500 a day fines. And eventually, if they don't pay those fines or don't do what you say, you're going to take their house from them. And, you know, he pointed out that in the year and a half or whatever that he's been doing this, he's he's had over, you know, 800 interactions or whatever. And each one of them, you know, at no point has he ever had to issue a, a I'm warning. I'm a very successful threatener. Don't right. call me a threatener. Most of the people that I threaten walk away happy. And he's a very nice guy. I mean, there's no I, doubt about fine, it. That's fine. He's but, very I mean, friendly. It, and, I, and I told him, you know, I appreciate how you approach things that, you, you know, you don't see yourself as... As, as being this intimidating person, and, and you're not an intimidating person, but uh, yes, he is. Well, no, he's very he's very nice. Just because you're have nice the, about how you hand out he your friends, I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he's nice after hours when he's, he's not nice carrying he's the authority hours. of the state. He's nice when he's on hours. He's not trying to approach it like a thug, but he's still doing the same kind of work. But anyway, I told him that I really appreciated him coming to talk to me. Thugs and are as thugs do. I didn't call him any names like I'm that. I'm just saying. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. I just told him I didn't appreciate his job. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. That's bardoproject.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Head on over there and get interactive. You can control the content of the website. You can also interact in uh, places like the bulletin board system and the chat room, which are different ways for you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. And when it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The GPS Black Box Dash Cam. Yeah. It's exactly what it sounds like. This thing is incredible. It will record in front, meaning what your car's seeing as you're driving, and then in your cab as well. There's a microphone built into it. So everything that goes on inside your cab, for better or for worse, is going to be recorded by the uh, the Freedom Cam. Of course, it's your... You have um, access to the little. You can unplug SD it card. if you would like, sure. And then you, you know, obviously it's under your control. Uh, but it's brilliant, especially for traffic stops, interactions with the police, or heck, maybe something unexpected like, uh, like a carjacker or something like that. Anything can happen on the road. And the Freedom Cam is there to see it and record it for you. So go to freedomcam.net. Uh, you can order yours there. I'm, I looked around, by the way, Mark, when I looked at, the, looked at this Freedom Cam. I wanted to see if there was anything else like it. I couldn't find anything. I, I couldn't even I couldn't even find another vendor of this. This is a very it's, unique product. It's a solid device too. It'll last a long time. Not some kind of chintzy thing that'll break. Freedomcam.net. As we continue here, uh, we'll get back to the 15 powerful things that happy people do. But first, we'll go to John listening in Indy. John, it says here you're listening to WXNT, but I don't think that's quite possible because we're not on there till eight o'clock. John and in hey, Indy. Well- no, I'm, I'm not listening to it right now, but I just decided to call y'all up. Because Excellent, I, uh, sir. You are very, by the way, I don't know if our board, op or, uh, board ops are aware of this, but his levels are very low. Uh, anyway, go ahead, John. Um, I am the typical middle class guy that doesn't want to do any research to find out uh, more, more about these quotes. Um, I'm just requesting help from the audience to get this guy on the radio. Andrew Challen. Oh, um, I got four, four quotes from this guy named Andy Challen. Um, and who is quoted, that? Uh, I have no clue, but I'm going to read you all these quotes. Okay. I was hoping y'all would do the research for me. What do you want us to find uh, out exactly? Oh, yeah. Oh, here. I'm going to read these quotes. Okay. You ready? We'll I'll try one. Love or fear, which one owns your soul? Mm, okay. The buck stops at the boss's door. It doesn't matter if our leaders are figurative or literal blood-sucking reptiles. The effect is the same. They must <laughs> be stopped. Printing press brought the renaissance. The Internet will bring Renaissance Le Duel, and God is more amazing than a white man in a beard. And, you know, I, I just you know, <laughs> want to get this guy on the radio to find out. You know, I want to hear what he says. That's pretty good. Uh, we generally don't have guests on this, uh, this program, but go ahead. Throw out his name again. Who was it? Andy who? Oh, Andrew Challens. Andrew Challens? Yeah, Challens. Spell that. C-H-A-L-L-A-N-D. Challens. Got it. Well, you know, you can do research as, as easily as I. Uh, there's a neat tool called Google. I would highly recommend. <laughs> it's brand new. Uh, that you uh, you check it out. It's pretty handy. And Andy Challenge on Facebook. Is so he on you Facebook? Could, uh, You've you already done this? Them yourself. I'm, see, I'm one of the cognitive dissidents. I, I, I just go about the doctrine of man. I'm just your usual middle-class American. And yet it's kind of like I'm making an allegory. But Usual, usual right, middle-class Americans know what Google is. <laughs> <John>. hey, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Thanks for sharing those quotes, John. I think they're relevant they to what really we've been cool. discussing God bless here. You. Thanks for Y'all the call, man. Appreciate you hearing too. God, the guy that's not some white guy in a beard. Right. All right, 855-450-FREE as we continue here. Do you think uh, there's with, any chance that was Andy Challen? 
I don't know. Maybe it was. <laughs> Propping his own stuff. He's really on Facebook and does know what Google is. Number 13. We are on the 15 powerful things happy people do differently. Number 13 is presence slash engagement versus disengagement. They, that is happy people, know how to live in the present moment, appreciating what they have and where they are while still having big dreams about the future. I'd like to know who this person is. Who, per, who Wait, the person, person is, who could actually live in the moment? It's tough. Other than just a, a you know like a few or few moments a day, live in the moment because it's difficult. You know, if other than being in a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. I'm not in the moment. You're constantly I'm, thinking of the future. Yeah, or the, the past. like I'm putting the future together constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a conscious effort, in my experience, and and I would agree with Mark that unless you've gotten to be old hat at it, or you've made it a, a personal habit to the point that it's the norm for you. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with the point entirely that uh, living in the moment and going and swinging on a set of playground swings in the middle of the night, because that's what you feel like you want to do. Absolutely. I, I, I can't agree with that more, but I, I know it's a struggle, but I think that when you make, when you make your intentions an effort initially, they gradually become habit. I would agree with that. For me, the, you know, I've kind of. I like not living in the moment when I'm by myself, uh, you know. But I, but I think it's very important to be in the in the moment when you're talking to somebody else. Otherwise, you're putting things together. Nobody wants to talk to you if you're not present. It's right. important to you know be there with that person, speaking to them. Otherwise, you're not talking to them at all. There's no reason to have spoken to them at all. And I'd say most important is in dealing with your children. Because these are these are important people, and you're they, they their childhood passes by so quickly. They're they're essentially adults at twelve. I mean, most societies would consider pretty much anybody an adult at uh, at twelve, at least. To, you know, the the two hundred thousand years man has been on uh, the earth, pretty much. You know, adult was uh, somewhere in that in that range. So you have this very short period of time with them, and especially most people work. They're they're gone at eight a.m. They're back at. 6 p.m. Their kids are just getting up and just going to sleep when they get to see them. So the moments that you do get to spend with your kids, you should be really, really present with them. That's what I consider to be the, the most important. Eckhart Tull writes, when you're present, you can allow the mind to be as it is without getting entangled in it. The mind in itself is a wonderful tool. Dysfunction sets in when you seek yourself in it and mistake it for who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's important if you are going to be outside of the moment to be in the, I mean, it says you're having big dreams about the future. So that's where you, I'd rather be rather than focusing on the past, for instance. Uh, But also when you're looking at your future, try to stay away from fear because number one thing here was love versus fear. Uh, You don't want to look at your future from a perspective of fear. Look at it from a perspective of excitement. Even if you're uncertain about it, look at it from a perspective of excitement rather than dread or, or fear. Uh, you don't want to create a future for yourself that's based out of fear. It's not. A You're good certainly thing. not going to stop uh, the future from coming by fearing it. No doubt. Let's continue here uh, with uh, Jay listening in Michigan. Jay uh, listening to WSJM in uh, Benton Harbor. Hey, Jay. Hey, uh, what's going on? Um, yeah, I actually just turned on the radio a little while ago, and I was hearing something about uh, if you. Dream too big, you're gonna fail. I didn't. I don't think I got the whole thing. No, that's not what we we said at all. That's not what yeah. we said. We are so encouraging I, I, dreaming. Encouraging dreaming big. I mean, failure is inevitable, but you have to fail your way to success, don't you? Exactly, and I feel that's the same thing. You know, my parents came to this country um, 
from what's considered a third world country about uh, 20, 30 years ago, and my dad came with $20 in his pocket. And they never really dreamed to be big as they are today, but they're pretty well to do. And, uh, you know, they've helped a lot of people along the way. And going into the next point that you were saying about giving and stuff like that, we don't necessarily give to charities, but my parents go back home a lot to the con- to the old country. And what we do is we pick up projects every year because we feel like when we donate, let's say, $20, and $20 in our country goes a long way, you know, but they take... 15 of that for administrative costs and $5 to go to the actual person. Yeah. Well, it depends on the charity. Different charities have different levels of overhead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just heard about a charity this week, uh, and we actually kind of, uh, the founders are actually from here, and it's uh, pretty bad what they've done. And, I mean, it, it makes us all look bad when you see this type of thing happening back well, home. At least the nice thing about charity is you can choose to not give to them if they have disappointed you in some way or they haven't uh, met your standards. Whereas with the government, you're forced to pay for whatever crap can uh, programs uh, that they decide to foist upon you. Well, charity, you. no matter how it, across, um, how, how it comes across, is probably something that uh, people should do for their communities. No doubt. Jay, thanks for the call and the thoughts. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Hit over there and get interactive, and it costs you nothing. Although, if you'd like, you may contribute to this program, and one of the ways you can do that is by doing your normal internet shopping through Free Talk Live. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links to Amazon there, and different Amazons for different countries. So you click into US, UK, Canada, whichever one works for you. You then get your shopping done in whatever categories you want. It's Amazon, so it's a huge selection. Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. So it's the same great Amazon you're used to with the same prices, free super saver shipping. It's Amazon. You're just entering through our affiliate link, essentially. And then Amazon will cut us a portion of their profits because you took the time to go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done through Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is the number here tonight. We've been talking about the 15 powerful things that you can do, or that rather happy people do differently. So if you 
aren't a happy person, maybe you should take some of these suggestions and apply them to your life. And who wouldn't like to be happier? I, indeed, who wouldn't? Uh, so we're on the last two. Uh, if you missed the first 13, you can go to PurposeFairy.com and you can find the article there. Plus, we'll post it on the... Actually, it was posted on the show prep from a couple nights ago and we started this on, I think it was Monday night. Uh, you can go to bbs.freetalklive.com in the show prep area and find it there. Number 14, positivity versus negativity. No matter what happens to them, they always seem to keep a positive perspective on everything and by doing so they tend to irritate a lot of negative and realistic people <laughs> this is so important it's, it's for reasons we've given earlier it's easy to be negative there's a lot in the world to be negative about i mean even here on this show a lot of the stuff we talk about is not good news it's you know the drones are coming for instance that's another example in fact there's video by the way i don't know if you saw this but uh, video somebody was taking uh it was 40 miles outside of Chicago where they saw this drone flying through the skies, like the same kind of drone that you would see perhaps if you were in Afghanistan. It was creepy. I'll bet. Yeah. And so there's like video footage of this happening. The suggestion is that it's there because of the NATO uh, event that's going to be going on in Chicago. Makes some sense. Coming up here in a few days. But again, 40 miles on the outside, you know, 40 miles away from Chicago is where, where this drone was spotted. Uh, but being positive is important because if we weren't positive, would we be doing this show? I don't think so. I think the reason we're here doing this program is because we believe in people and that uh, that people can change their minds about you know what they currently think. We've seen over the history of mankind that things have gotten slowly better for freedom over overall and, and from a general perspective freedom is, has has been on the rise over time and that uh, humanity seems to be moving towards a uh, a better place and a less violent place uh, but that's not to say that there aren't still a, a load of problems uh, with the world but i think the reason we're here every single night of the week seven nights a week is because we believe in people's ability to get better and to change and that ultimately we have a positive perspective on what can happen in in our futures when I think of, uh, you know, it's so you got a choice as to what kind of attitude you have. It's a, ch- a decision you make every, every moment. day, yeah, not every even moment. every day, every moment of every day. You get to have a you get to have a decision in that area. It is going to result in you be- having a better life. If I mean, who doesn't want a better life? It's going to result in you enjoying the life that you have more so. I mean, being grumpy and upset, it's the easy way out. Mm. It really is, because what you're doing is you're laying around and, and waiting for somebody else to take care of the problem. That's essentially what it, it comes down to. Yep. Things stink here, and if things stink and I can't do anything about it, because if you could do something about it, you would have. If things stink and you can't do anything about it, somebody else obviously is at fault. So it's just, it's the easy way out, and uh, you know you can have that for yourself, but you're not going to get the good life and the empowerment that comes with a better attitude. I like how you say it is the easy way out. It's certainly a challenge to remain positive and remain Sometimes even calm or neutral is a challenge, for sure. But it's worth it. Yes, (laughs) I would agree. Absolutely. So if you catch yourself uh, in that negative being, in that phase, then you just have to be aware. You have to be monitoring. Essentially, you have to monitor yourself. Which sounds kind of weird, right? It sounds kind of, uh, you know, multiple personality disorder, right? Like the idea that you're monitoring yourself. But, well, but so actually, not that's... anybody else's responsibility, really. So it's up to you. Well, right. But, uh, you know, it, I think the suggestion and the Eckhart Tolle 
quote here suggests it earlier where he wrote where when you're present you can allow the mind to be as it is without getting entangled in it yeah the mind itself is a wonderful tool dysfunction sets in when you seek yourself in it and mistake it for who you are i i'm glad you read that again because when you read that the first time i was really um drawn to it because there's a two-week silent retreat that i'm due to go on later in the year and i've mentioned that on the show here before i'm really looking forward to the opportunity to just uh, to not even really take in except what's immediately around me because i've already shut off media i mean i do have the internet you know i live a pretty quiet life I, i i enjoy my space i find happiness where i find my happiness but i'm really looking forward to just being in a space where I am able to appreciate me, my mind, whatever, for just being what it is in the moment. I, mm-hmm. I am really looking forward to that because when you're inundated with so many things, there are people in your life, there there are things that you need to do. There, you've got to go to work. You've got to make nice with the boss, whatever. You, you don't really have an opportunity unless you go out and consciously make one to sit and just get back to being with you in your own head on your, on your own terms without interference from anybody or anything else except what's immediately around you. I'm really looking forward to that. So It sounds interesting. I've heard about these silent retreats. The Quakers do that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yep. So uh, 855-450-FREE. Again, uh, so the suggestion being that you are not necessarily your mind, that uh, your mind kind of operates and does these things, and then you can be part of that if you want, or you can step aside from it and ask yourself why your mind is thinking the things that it's thinking. Well, I think you have a, you know, a greater mind, a lesser mind. You've got yeah. this, uh, you know, this, this monkey brain, but you can choose how you want to be, uh, how you want to be and what kind of attitudes you have for yourself in uh, when you step back and sort of, you know, make a decision for yourself. Finally, number 15. This is the 15 powerful things happy people do. Uh, Taking responsibility versus blaming. They take full ownership over their lives and they rarely use excuses. Happy people understand that the moment you choose to blame some outside forces for whatever it is that happens to you, you are in fact giving all your power away. Yep. And they choose to keep the power for themselves and taking responsibility for everything that happens to them. So there you have it. It's the truth. I mean, it's it's a powerful place to come from, deciding that you're responsible. It's a hard truth because when you look at the things that are going on around you, it's easy to... It's easy you, to point a finger. Well, right. That's you want to disconnect from it. I mean, look, I'm not uh, the politicians. I'm not doing these things. Sure. I'm not making those choices. But, but you could su- do and say things that might change the politician's mind. That would pro- that would change. There, like I'm convinced that there are a set of words that one can say to each individual. I am not convinced they are the same. Uh, that I'm th- convinced that they are different sets of words that you say to each individual that will change that person's attitude on a given subject. I f- I assume you're talking about the given subject being human liberty and rights theory and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I you know, and I'm convinced that you can say things properly. It sounds to me like you had an interaction today with the uh, uh, the the guy from code enforcement that was very positive and that you may have chosen your words well. Certainly. Uh, but the idea that it, one of the things that's difficult is to take responsibility for everything that sure. happens to you because some things don't seem like they're your fault. Like, you know, that this just happened to me. It well, was not- there, there is the occasion that that happens, but always still is what is the part that I play in this? All right. You're responsible for how you respond to it. You're responsible for you're your responsible role in for it. showing up. Right. Right. 
for sure. And that's always a good question is even when the whatever the the earth or fate or karma, whatever unloads a load in my direction. It's like, okay, so what part did I play in this? What, what and could what I, part can you play in the future? What, what can I do different? Exactly. Right. What can I do differently in the future to make sure this doesn't happen? Well, you can be the change you wish to see in the world, right? So if we see things happening out there that we don't like, uh, we can make choices in our own personal lives to hopefully affect those things in the future as opposed to just sitting back and observing them and you know taking it uh, at face value. Well, the choice that you make to make yourself responsible for everything that happens in the universe is a really sort of advanced course in being, right? I yeah. mean, that's a that's a it's a pretty powerful choice and it can be too much for a lot of people. It's and a lot. I think that you know, once you've once you've attempted to try to try this kind of little trick, then well, you realize that there's times when it works and times when it doesn't yeah, work true. for you. And, you know, I mean, once it's true, then you're probably dead. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So still to come here tonight, the floating platform of freedom. Mark is going to tell us more <laughs> about that. And hour number two coming up. 855-450-FREE. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. The liberty movement is bursting at the seams with women from all walks of life who are courageously dedicating their time and energy in the pursuit of a freer society. Every day, the message is spread by this small but growing demographic. This year, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the creators of Silver Circle will be giving away the first ever Zoe Taylor Award. Zoe Taylor is the lead female rebel in the upcoming animated film Silver Circle, whose dedication to destroying the Federal Reserve makes her a positive female role model. Nominate who you think deserves the Zoe Taylor Award today by sending an email with the name and a 300-word minimum essay of why you think this person deserves the Zoe Taylor Award to award at silvercirclemovie.com. The deadline for nominations is June 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Visit silvercirclemovie.com for more details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And here with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. As we continue, we will take your calls about anything still on the way here. Mark, you're going to tell us about... A floating platform of freedom, uh, perhaps being built by PayPal's founder. Good for him. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a bit, because I think it's interesting. But first, we go to Ty, listening in Tennessee on the amp lines. Hello, Ty. Hey, you guys' show just keeps getting better and better. You know, I mean, I like the idea of what you're talking about with um, the difference between happy people and, and, you know, I guess the rest of us, <laughs> just a lot of times I'm not really happy. I'm just trying to be. But uh, I think that's an important step towards becoming more of a free world is for people to realize what they're really after, to, to recognize and understand what their values are so that they're really working towards those instead of these things that we seem to be programmed into us from, from our uh, – 
consumerized culture. Mm, yeah, you know buying saying? stuff is not going to make you happy. That's true, too. But also, we, the first thing is uh, love conquers fear. And fear is the tool of a monopolistic, self, uh, self-aggrandizing self state. Sure. Because the state protects you. It is a protecting That's what they claim. That's what they claim. Um, it, is a, it is an organization that claims to protect in the sense that the, the mafia protects. Well, they're the bullies you can call when you have a neighbor who's playing their music too loud or, or whatever. They're they're the guns, the hired guns. Yep, they're happy. They're happy to have you know if if it's not you, they're going to go after. They're happy to have somebody else to go after. That's for sure. But that really wasn't what I was calling about tonight. Um, <laughs> I was really calling to respond to a call that came in last night because I was listening to the podcast today from Jeremy. I believe it was said he's been listening for a couple of weeks. And he had a question about how a voluntary society or a free society would perpetuate itself. Yeah, with the and, idea uh, being that uh, perhaps there would be some threat from the inside or the outside that uh, would threaten to uh, take over said free society and, and what would be done, what could be done about that. Yeah, and I think that the foundation of what would actually keep a an actual free society together, even in the face of threats, because there will be threats, external, internal, you know, there's always going to be rogue elements there's going to be people who do not want to get along, but I think that the key, the root of it, is to uh, to have a culture of mutual respect. You know, something that's based upon self-respect and mutual respect for others. Uh, that that is, you know, if we have that culture, if people are are raised and understand that that's the way to do things, then when somebody tries to impose an aggressive state-like situation on them, they're going to automatically resist it. And there's just, it's just not going to you know, take root. It's not going to find a place to grow. Well, uh, monopolies, and I, you know, I was thinking about this, and I came up with something that, you know, is, I guess sounds different than what you're saying, but I don't think it really is, is monopolies don't exist anywhere except where an organization calling itself the state uh, exists. I mean, people people calling themselves the state. They're the only ones that can perpetuate monopolies because well, there's always competition. They are. They're willing to shut down other people that they didn't give permission to compete to. Mm-hmm. And once that organization, because uh, I believe I believe that uh, people should be able to choose their own governments. Once there's competition in the marketplace of governance, then you will see that uh, that it will be very difficult for a monopoly to take place. And that's really all the concern is. The concern is about monopolies. There's two things that are wrong with the government that we have in the United States and ones that are perpetuated around the world by you know that same government is that it claims to be a monopoly in a given landmass, and frankly, it's the whole planet when it comes to the United States. Uh, and it uh, proposes the right to tax you for its monopolistic services. You know, you have to pay fees for the services. I'm using quotation marks that we give you, uh, because but you have to, ha- but you have to have those services because we demand that you have them. So, you know, once that monopoly is broken, then how's it ever going to come back if there's no no organization to enforce it? That's a good question. Uh, and the, the other point that I wanted to make is the idea of a nation state is dependent upon this idea of, of borders and boundaries, political borders and boundaries. 
you know, you guys, uh, I think, covered that really well. And Damo, you know, mentioned, you know, that's that's their their uh, border lines of where they can say, you know, I, I claim the right to tax people in this area. Without, without or in the absence of a nation state, any region would be more known for its culture, you know, mm. what the customs are of the people in that area. Which, of course, is, is important. Right. And, and of course, it's impossible to look at the United States and say, oh, well, there's this culture in the United States. No, there's so many cultures in the United States. There's a, a, an, a, an infinite number of cultures in this you know, particular landmass. I, I think it'd be particularly useful if people, instead of seeing these lines on a map as nations, that they saw them as gang territories. I mean, really, that's all they really are. They're just territories demarked by which gangs are in control, which monopolistic violent gangs are in control of that territory. Yeah, and see, I think that the, the basic culture is the idea of the, the NAP, the non-aggression principle. That is the binding cultural value for the liberty community. Sure, and you can see that uh, in in you know in high regard at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, uh, a great example of what happens when a bunch of people who have an appreciation for the same sorts of principles get together and literally create an intentional community, much in kind of the same way as you might see out at uh, the Black Rock Desert uh, when it comes to Burning Man as well. So it's kind of like the uh, the Burning Man, if you will, of the Liberty Movement. And there can, is Burning Porcupine too. There is Burning Porcupine. That's right. Another little festival. Hey, my, I'm I'm hoping to flesh out this idea of the uh, the culture of mutual respect is is what I'm calling it because I I really hate to use labels like voluntarism mm-hmm. or libertarianism because that's just a way for people to put you in a box. I like of that. They're making yes, and you know? and then they then they argue against the straw man that they that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because if you say I'm a libertarian, then they're arguing with some libertarian they've talked to in the past or listened to on the radio. Right. Look, right. Just because I said I was a libertarian doesn't mean that all libertarians agree on anything any more than all Democrats or all Republicans. Might so what, agree. what did you call it? The culture of uh, of mutual respect. Mutual respect. I like that. Yeah, I do too. Yes, the culture of mutual respect. That's great stuff, Ty. Thanks for sharing that tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Or as uh, Dr. Mary Ruart in her book, Healing Our World, might have put that, honoring our neighbor's choice. Doesn't mean you have to agree with it. Doesn't mean that you have to do as your neighbors do. You just have to let them make their choices, as long as they aren't harming anyone else. And once they harm somebody else, then you know the, the, then, then you've got to prevent that. Um, you've got to prevent the harming of uh, other people, or help them, uh, you know, or encourage those people to make right after the fact. If you can't prevent it, uh, if it's after the well, fact and the damage is done, then... you prevent them from doing it in the future. Somebody who will do it, then will do it in the future. Right by holding those people accountable and um, you know in, in encouraging restitution and ostracizing those who refuse to make good. One eight five five four fifty three is the SACL CAI toll free line. I'd like to say that uh, credit reports are great ways of uh, sort of institutional, you know, in, got banking institution sort of uh, ways of ostracism. Um, it's, it's an example. I don't know no, if it's great. Yeah, I would agree. It, it's great in the sense that it's large. Okay. Well, no, it's that's that it's makes large. it that doesn't really necessarily make it any better in my book. I, I equate credit reports much like the the maddening. Um, com- whatever private companies are facilitating the communication of driver's license status between states, mm-hmm. because we've had callers on the show numerous times who have said they've gotten they've fallen through the cracks because of whatever private company has been retained to 
negotiate between the states of status of driver's licenses or whatever. Same is, is true of credit reporting agencies. If you get a bad mark on your credit, it takes a long time. If your identity is stolen, it takes years of your life to restore what is what is actually the truth on paper. So I don't think larger is necessarily sure. better. More coming up here in moments. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. A floating platform of freedom that could be coming soon to an ocean near you. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel. The printing press. The internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number here, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. You can go and get interactive in various different ways, and it's all for free at freetalklive.com. And those features include our shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Also want to invite you over to plainboards.com where you can pick up your own free-to-use anonymous message board. Protect your users' privacy. If you've got a website, uh, perhaps you have uh, a blog Maybe you want to add a message board to that site. Well, this is the place to go if you want to make it completely anonymous and respect your users' privacy. Plainboards.com. There's no installation necessary, and you don't have to log into the site to create one. You can literally just go type in the name of your board that you want to create, and it's there for you. I'm, I'm talking about, like, in the amount of time I've been blabbing about it on the radio, you could be done. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. Plainboards.com. You know, the message boards are a great way to organize groups. Too. I mean, if you, I, you know, I don't know whether it's a community group you want to put together, or you know, church group, or you know, whatever, whatever kind of organization it is that you're putting together. Message boards are great ways, great ways to communicate. No doubt. So you can go and get your own right now at plainboards.com. P L A I N, as in plain, like bland. I guess that's not the right word, but uh, yeah, plain like that kind of plain. Plainboards.com. Uh, so, 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line uh, as we continue here. There is something that is afoot in the Pacific Ocean, or perhaps will be. There's a plan, and it's not seasteading, is well, it? maybe, sort of. Uh, it's at realestate.yahoo.com, um, PayPal co-founder to build a city on the sea by Mike Werner. Um, and it says here, imagine living on a serene, man-made, floating city where you can live and work like with other like-minded individuals from all over the globe without direct influence from any governmental entity. If PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel has his way, the wild idea may be just a few years away. The wealthy venture capitalist is putting his money behind Blue Seed, a company that promises to create an offshore luxury barge where young entrepreneurs can work, live, and socialize. Hmm. All without the constraints of a modern city or pesky immigration laws. 
the Blue Seed vessel will be more of a floating city than an actual ship. And will come complete with work and living spaces. I wonder if I could go out there and grow some pot. <laughs> Outdoor areas and sports and leisure activities. That's entrepreneurial. Yep. The idea is that startups and solo entrepreneurs will leave their terrestrial lives almost completely and call the Blue Seed Ship their primary home. Entrepreneurs and startups may apply to be considered for a spot on Blue Seed. If they are approved, they will pay roughly $1,600 per month That's to not bad. live and work on the massive barge. This price will be split between rental payment and equity in a fledgling companies with bright futures, depending on the situation. What does that mean? Equity in a company? I don't know. Does it mean you own a piece of the, the company? Equity means a piece of something, yes. Huh, it, so you're not just paying rent, you're actually buying into the, the operation? I guess that's uh you know that's it's a bit of a payment of some sort. That's interesting because it really is. Uh, I mean I I have I to really, say I'm shocked. I I didn't expect it was going to be that affordable. I mean we've we've talked about the seasteading thing uh, previously, and it always kind of felt like you had to be a millionaire in in order to be able. Well, that's to, jump to have on your own floating this. barge uh, thing yourself. But this is I, I, I can't see why they can't do something like this. Well, on no, an I old thought the seasteading ship. was uh, was to have a large. Uh, platform on which you would buy like an apartment or something like that. They've had different ideas. They've had their own ideas of having these little floating houses and stuff like that that they could put together and then break up. Well, the initial seasteading concept I had heard was similar to this one where there would be a large place in which people would live. Maybe There would be different large places in which people uh, could live. And it always seemed very, very pricey. That's always the impression I got. But I mean, sixteen hundred bucks a month—you can rent places in any old average uh, town for more than that. It, it, well, and, not, and you'd have to deal with all the government rules and stuff. Power, I imagine utilities come with that price tag, wouldn't you? I, I would hope so. But either way, I mean, it's I still mean, you're pretty affordable. You're going to flush your toilet. Where's it going to go? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, you get you get a, you have an apartment, and where is the the sewage going to go? Where's the water going to come from? Well, even if there are utilities on top of that, the, I don't think the that, price I don't to think not have the price to not have the government looming over your head is incredibly valuable. I would agree. I mean, that's worth sixteen hundred bucks a month right there. Now, um, I, I can't see why this can't be done with just an an old cruise ship. Frankly, now I mean, I can the living spaces would be a little little Crappy. small, yeah, but. You know, I mean, it's not like college students don't live that way. Well, I don't know about all the, the technical aspects of living on the ocean, but I imagine Peter Thiel has uh, hooked up with the, you know, the engineers yes. and the people who, who would know how to do these things. Now, I'm curious as to what happened with uh, the Seasteading Institute, because it looks like they're still out I think there. This is, I think that they're, this is in some way hooked up with them. This says it's Blue Seed, which That's is some right. sort of private but company. But Seasteading works with a bunch of different companies. I mean, I they're, see. they're just they're they're just uh, they're not for profit. Mm-hmm. They're not a for profit. They're not a builder. But they Blue are, Seed they, is a for profit. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a hub of ideas, and I imagine that Blue Seed is uh, involved in that in some way, shape, or form. What will be interesting to me to see in the next in, in the coming months is if the PayPal co-founder will do much like the Facebook co-founder and renounce his U.S. citizenship so he doesn't need to pay taxes. Indeed. And and it wouldn't be that difficult just going offshore. Uh, you know, it, it, this has a lot of advantages. Think about it for a second. I mean, you know, instead of say, the, let's use the Free State Project as an example. At this point, probably the best idea going that you can get involved with for the ideas of liberty. Meaning, it's happening now. You right. can do it now. I can't imagine people being able to peel the onion in New Hampshire to get to a free place, a free society. Um, I can I can imagine you 
working you know, the, the 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 political types working within the system in order to stop the growth of government, arrest the growth of government, maybe even uh, pair pair back some of the sizes of government. But then you're asking those people who've gotten into power to secede their power, and mm-hmm. so many times that hasn't worked. Right. Whereas starting something from scratch, starting maybe. from scratch, you start from zero. Instead of starting from negative 150 or whatever it is that, uh, that, that we have with a monopolistic state being the freest in the United States and maybe one of the freest places in the world, it's hard to, it's hard to quantify those things. I am looking here at the Blue Seed website, which is blueseed.co, uh, where they, they cite on the About Us page uh, the Blue Seed team links to Seasteading Institute. Sure. So there is a, a link here. Oh, yeah. And let me go on with the article here. It's close proximity to Silicon Valley. The ship will have uh, ha- be a half an hour from the tech mecca. Will make Blue Seed a hotspot for visionaries, not just from the U.S. but from all over the world. Yeah. Imagine having a Singapore, and I'm using that in all the the best ways uh, that Singapore is. Right. You'll and, be able to chew gun, jum, uh, gum likely on the Blue Seed ship. Right. Uh, having a Singapore. <laughs> Less than an hour from Silicon Valley, where people can get on helicopters or you know boats, and wham, they're there. Yeah, I, I mean, this is gonna suck the business Out away from the mainland. Yeah, because the mainland's all about how do we get your money? We got to get your money. Here's a yep. service. Pay us for it, or we'll kill you. I mean, that's what they've they've got going. They're totally yeah. about that. And then here's this option. Hey, you know, we've got we got internet, we got power, we got water, we got everything you need. Come on out here, create and build. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> and they're just going to take everything the away from these these what's folks. The, what's the catch? I don't know. This sounds too good to be true. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, I'm afraid that if somebody starts banking out there, the government might not like it. That's the catch. Eight five five four fifty free. Well, they're not going to like it. Period. Especially if they're sucking businesses away from uh, the, you know, the, the Silicon Valley. More coming up. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Those features include archives. They go back, way back, to late 2006. You can download as many as you would like. Enjoy. freetalklive.com. And while you're downloading, enjoy a cup of coffee. (laughs) Well, if you're a (laughs) coffee drinker, right? And if Coffee's awesome, but you drink decaf, don't you? I do drink drink decaf, and I know that uh, many coffee drinkers out there don't consider me part of their club. Uh, However, the reason I probably drink decaf is because I love coffee so much, and I just can't handle the caffeine. And O'Neill Coffee at uh, coffee.freetalklive.com, they can handle any taste. They've got more than 40 varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees, and I know everybody says gourmet. This is really gourmet coffee. This is uh, the best of, in in the realm of the best coffees I've ever drank. And you can go to coffee.freetalklive.com. They've got great prices. 
And in order to uh, show their commitment to the Free Talk Live audience, to uh, freedom and making great coffee, they're offering a free mug and free shipping on orders of $75 or more. So you can get the coffee that you that, that, that you normally drink. You can have it uh, stored up and ready. And you can support uh, great coffee craftsmanship and support Free Talk Live by going to coffee.freetalklive.com. All right. So 855-450-FREE is the number. We've been talking about this uh, Blue Seed Venture, which is being funded by Peter Thiel, formerly... Of PayPal, I believe he uh, he sold out at uh, one point. I think it was when eBay took over uh, PayPal back in the day. But he's one of the visionaries that created PayPal. And, of course, PayPal sort of has become a monster, but that's not his fault. So, you know, he let go of it at uh, one point. In fact, as I understand it, the original idea behind PayPal was to create something that was completely outside of the governmental uh, monetary system. Kind of like Bitcoin. It was supposed to be, as I understand it, a, uh, an Internet currency. And um, didn't end up working out freedom. that, that no, way. No, it didn't. Uh, it became very profitable, though. Well, right, because governments are very good at targeting whoever it is that's in charge of something they don't like and taking it out. And in this case, they targeted PayPal because they knew it was a danger to their monopoly status, and they regulated it into the ground. And it's a, it's a sad story, but that doesn't mean that Peter Thiel didn't make out like a bandit. Uh, apparently, he, he did very well uh, you know, on his sale to, uh, to eBay and has been ever since investing some of that money that, uh, that he's earned in the liberty movement, it seems. Uh, I remember there was years ago that he was uh, putting money behind seasteading.org. I think it was like half a million dollars behind seasteading. And, of course, we've talked about seasteading here previously. In fact, they were having a convention as well. And I guess on the the heels of that uh, news is this news about Blue Seed. BlueSeed.co is their website, which is a visionary site showing what it could look like to have a floating, uh, essentially, freedom ship. A place where people can go and entrepreneurs, as it's pointed out here, are are the ones they're looking for. Uh, Entrepreneurs can go to do business without having to beg government's permission. You don't have to have a visa to go to this place, you could just—you're going to have to get permission from the owners to be there. It's private property, but otherwise, the idea is to be completely extra-jurisdictional, meaning outside of uh, the U.S. government and imagine all the how, other jurisdictions. Imagine how profitable this going, is going to get, and how quickly it's going to do it. It has not only the advantages of keeping out uh, many of the inefficiencies that are present in sort of a governmental system; it also doesn't have the initial startup problem of the useless eaters, uh, the, the people that are out there that are not providing mm-hmm. and not creating. Uh, you, know, you can decide who, whoever they are, and, and I'm, I'm only putting quotation marks around the useless eaters. I think everybody has use. But th- this is going to really kick off very quickly as far as uh, efficiency, profitability, and really making something happen. So, is there more here? This is oh, from yeah. the Yahoo Real Estate about this Blue Seed project. Okay, so it says here the ship itself will not technically be considered part of any country, so residents won't need to apply for any type of visa in order to work or live in the vessel. Does that mean they'll be building it on the water? Because wouldn't you have to register a ship if you were building it, like in the I U.S. seacoast? I, I don't know that registering seaport? a ship doesn't mean it's part of a country. I believe it means it's subject to that country's jurisdiction. Well, it, if you're not in international waters, certainly. But if they're building it in international waters... That's what I'm saying. Are they right. going to build the ship well, on the international waters? I don't know that they're building the ship. Uh, you know, they have... they have. Uh, Someone's going to build a ship. Okay. Right. The ship may have been built 20 years ago. 
Really? This is the point that I'm trying to make to you is these cruise ships are gigantic. Mm-hmm. They're humongous. And it would be, to me, to my mind, be a lot easier to re-outfit a cruise ship to make it something like something this from scratch. than to build something like uh, from scratch. Now, I could be completely what wrong What I'm seeing on, on their website here look like new projects. It does. They, you know, they're, they're conceptual designs. Right. And if they build something, they could just re-register it. You know, mm-hmm. register it into Latveria or wherever they register those uh, cruise ships, and then no one ever sees it. So, you know, that yeah. that problem is, isn't an issue. Okay. According to Blue Seat, over 675 individuals from over 50 countries have already expressed interest in, the, uh, in coming aboard. Foreign residents who fancy a trip to the mainland can obtain U.S. business visa and spend as many as 180 days per year in the States without applying for citizenship. The company denotes uh, notes that these visas are much easier to obtain than traditional work visas. And because the home vessel is just a few miles from the coast, returning to the visa-free oasis is a rather short trip. The logistics of providing food and other basic necessities, now this is what my concern was, might seem like a nightmare, but the company notes that these issues have already been solved by modern cruise ships. Not to mention that being so close to the shore means any urgent supply needs can be fulfilled with a very quick turnaround. And this is the problem that Mm. islands have. I mean, you know, (laughs) you can't produce most of the things that people have that are in, say, the Bahamas or Mm -hmm. in Bermuda or something like that. So, you know, how how do you solve those problems? Well, you ship them in. And that's expensive. That's why everything's more expensive in Hawaii. That's not made in Hawaii. It, it, it's it's not cheap to do, but but if we're talking about a shipping you tr- process, you of ship 30 everything minutes. to that. I mean, most of the things that you have and consume in a day are shipped too. Right, but Hawaii is way far away from everything. We're talking about thirty minutes off the coast. Right, this is just a you know a, a vessel that scoots back and forth, likely owned by the the barge, the, the Liberty Barge mm-hmm. itself, and therefore cutting out um, you know the middleman sort of costs. I think that it's quite possible. I'm interested in how they're handling things like uh, electricity, how they're handling uh, Well, we know the that waste. Google guys are doing the uh, – they've got server farms out in the, the water, right? The, aren't they powered by waves? Wave power would be a very interesting way to power this, and I think that it's quite possible to do something like that. Um, if that can power the whole ship, it, it certainly can power a lot. I mean, imagine it's it's pretty effective. If Google has determined that this is how they can power a server farm, then that's – Okay. Sounds like it's pretty good. So I, it's spending a lot of time talking to the guy from Erickson Council at ericksoncouncil.org. Mm-hmm. Imagine this for a second. Imagine, uh, you know, say you've got some uh, these two of these floating barges, and they're held together by arms with a little engine in between. Now, you know when you wind up a little wind-up toy yeah. that you create electricity just by winding it, right? Yeah. And if you could create these arms as these engines that let these two barges move independently of each other and then use that motion in order to create electricity, Mm. you might be able to, it would seem to me, create a great deal of electricity. I mean, you're talking about these things are hundreds, if not thousands, millions of tons. I have no idea how much a cruise ship weighs. Mm. It's a tremendously heavy thing. For sure. And two of them stuck together, moving independently, these things could create a great deal of power if they were designed properly. So power might not be an issue. The biggest problem you have is clean, fresh water. There's plenty of water out there. Well... Salinization technology is probably the most uh, challenging of these things. And believe me, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. And I, they may have to truck some in, in which case you're just talking about the problem of getting food in. Uh, frankly, I would love to pay to boat my water in in order to live free of the all the government problems that go in. Mm-hmm. 
If you renounce your U.S. citizenship, then you don't have to pay the United States government uh, for their income taxes or anything like that. I mean, everybody who moves here, moves onto this boat from the United States is going to renounce their citizenship in very short order. Now, I wonder if there'll be a backlash where they say, nobody who's announced, renounced their citizenship is ever allowed to come back to the United States for sure anything ever. Yep. It might be interesting to see, but I'd still rather live there. You know, I'll go to Canada. Thanks. Actually, I, can't I can't go to Canada. Go to Mexico. I could go to Mexico, certainly. So, oh, and by the way, if you're traveling by sea, it's probably uh, you don't have to deal with as much uh, trouble, I guess, at the border, right? Like you could just avoid the borders. You could just go down south in the Pacific Ocean and go to Mexico groping. that way. Right. None of the groping. So, um, let's see. If the project... Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453-FREE. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. You may take control of the airwaves, as we like to say. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, because you can bring up anything you want. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And we are, uh, again, inviting you to the website over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you may do so by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp as in advertise, market, and promote, amp.freetalklive.com. It's three bucks a month, and we'll take that money and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board around the world, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, of course, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast, forum, and more. Go and uh, join up. Learn more over at amp.freetalklive.com. It makes a big difference for us when you do that. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Jimmy is listening in Indy to WXNT. Hey, Jimmy. Hey. Hey, Jimmy. Go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I think that what they could do, they could use nuclear power, like the Navy's been using for yeah. submarines and nuclear uh, um, aircraft carriers. They wouldn't have to replace the core for at least 25 years or more. I think you're absolutely right. I think the biggest problem is is that the... Uh, you're talking about this freedom ship idea, by the way, where people would be living exactly. on the ocean uh, in yeah. a the, place. I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a private individual or business trying to get a hold of uh, physical materials. I imagine it's very tough. Well, they built a ship when I was a kid in the 60s called the USS Savannah, and was nuclear-powered merchant ship. I wow. imagine if you've got the money and you you know the right people, you could probably get... Well, we're get... talking about a millionaires here, right? Oh, yeah. Well, right. And we know that... Uh, I, I remember seeing a news... Uh, they could get hold of a small reactor. I would hope so, I because I know that I've read no, that news was... stories out yeah. of uh, Japan yeah, where, the, the where Honda, I think, has created uh, small reactors that can power neighborhoods. So, I mean, clearly... Really? It'd work if you could string them together. Yeah, you probably would just wouldn't need. I mean, you probably wouldn't even need a whole neighborhood's worth of power. I, I don't know. Well, you see, the first nuclear ship was USS Enterprise in the 1960s when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it had eight nuclear reactors. Most of the new ships today, the Nimitz class aircraft carriers, only have two. Much bigger ones, I would assume. Excellent suggestion tonight, Jimmy. Any other thoughts you want to share? That, and they could probably use wind power, too. Sure. Wind power, wave power, nuclear power. You could have multiple different uh, power yeah, sources. Right. That's too. what I'm thinking. It would be just more than, than one power source, but the nuclear power would be the cleanest because you wouldn't have to 
clean out the reactor for at least 25 years. Great points, Jimmy. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. And it would be a good idea to have multiple power sources in case one failed. You'd want to have alternates. And as you said, solar, wind, uh, water would be three good ones for where you were out in the the middle of the ocean by California. Probably get plenty of sun out there. Yeah, I think that this is, you know, (laughs) this is a great idea. You could spend, if you've got the money to do it, and certainly I don't, you don't. $1,600 a month? That's not a lot of money. Right. That's to be on it. But I mean, to build it. If Oh, to build it. Right. I mean, is all you'd have to do is float this barge out there and then you've got this relative freedom that libertarians have been talking about for X number of decades right off the bat. You don't have to fight anybody on the land for that freedom. I think it's uh, incredibly powerful if they can make it uh, accessible to the average person. And I think $1,600 a month is accessible, then it's uh, it, it's very attractive. Absolutely, and I'm interested in hearing more about. It. In fact, I want I one ever... floating off the side of uh, off Portsmouth. It'd probably be a little cold out uh, out there. I mean, this it's is cold in California. Why why wouldn't you want to be uh, Why wouldn't you want to be south if you were going to be on the ocean? I don't know. I'm because I live in New Hampshire. Right, but you wouldn't be living in New Hampshire anymore. You'd be living on the ocean. Well, if I was living uh, a mile, an hour off of uh, you know the coast, then I'd still have to go to there to get things. I mean, people drive an hour to get to the grocery store. You wouldn't store go. In you wouldn't be going to get things. You would be ordering those things from the from the barge. Probably. And then some delivery service would be handling that because Probably they would true. be the ones who would want to, who would be having to deal with the immigration issues and the the port authorities and those people. You'd probably only go to the mainland for you know maybe some sporting events or like shows, sporting event yeah. shows, maybe to do some uh, international air travel or even domestic air travel. You'd want to you know get there to get to the airport and that kind of thing. But that'd probably be about it. I think it's fascinating. I'm definitely interested in uh, continuing to follow all of these efforts. I mean the seasteading, blue seed, and then also air. And council, I think they're. I mean, it's great to see competition in this area of uh, people living outside of these governmental jurisdictions. I'm also interested in what's going on in Honduras. Uh, Patry Friedman, who's uh, in charge of seasteading there, he's uh, you know trying to get things done down there, but dealing with governments is ponderous. And- Mark, I, I know you follow this much more than I do, but I I thought at least my my recollection is Padre is not doing it anymore. Is that true? No, he is. Uh, as I understand, he resigned it, from seasteading. Did he not? No, he's he's I in charge we had of seasteading. Talked about this on a previous show. Uh, he's still in, he's still with the seasteading. He's with he's the you know he's he's in charge of seasteading gotcha. and he's in charge of this uh, what what the city's project. What was the what was it I called? forget I can't remember what it is. But I had I thought the Honduras project was essentially just a, a non-starter. At this point, they're 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 waylaid in the morass of government bureaucracy down in Honduras. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen any right. more than any other. You know, I mean, just dealing with governments is slow. So Patry, who's a mover and a shaker, doesn't want to not be doing something so he's you know taking over the the reins and seasteading again to uh, get things going and what they're trying to do is collaborate with a bunch of for-profit businesses and it seems obviously if this blue seed gets kicked off i'm i'm excited about it if it gets kicked off then as far as i'm concerned seasteading did everything it said it was going to do let's go and talk to aaron listening in california you're on free talk live hello aaron hello hey what's you? on your mind so i just wanted to chime in on the speculation of powering this this massive barge thing so the uh, the gentleman that's setting this up is one of the co-founders for PayPal, correct? Yeah, he's one of the I guess he's one of the money guys behind it. He's not listed on the actual about us page at blueseed.co, but it sounds like he's an investor. But he's, yeah, he's kind of pushing for it. I mean, he's he's a libertarian, so that would kind of make sense. Um, so one of the other uh, co-founders of PayPal actually um, 
has other companies like Tesla Motors. He founded Tesla Motors, mm-hmm. and he's also the chair of a company called Solar City, and they make affordable solar panels. Yeah, Solar City is actually working as far as uh, many of these solar companies are, you know, getting all kinds of government grants and stuff. Solar City, not so. They're they're making it happen. Right. So, I don't know. I was just thinking that Tesla could most likely produce some sort of generators, and then Solar City could probably provide the solar panels. And if they know each other, there might be kind of a little hookup between the sure seems likely seems likely that that would uh, be one of the ways they'd go about it i'm still more concerned about potable water <laughs> yeah true. true i think that uh, i think they're probably gonna have to boat some of that in I think is it just too hard to desalinize water I, I have heard and i'm not entirely sure i believe that there's technology to uh, crack uh, the so, you know, I get the salt in salt water turning into stuff that is no that is kind of inert and not salty any longer, and then therefore using the water that is then that used to be salt water and is now fresh water because it has had electricity run through it, hmm. um, and that would be certainly a lot easier than creating giant transparent domes from which to you know uh, get water uh, that at a slow at the slow rate of uh, uh, of evaporation. Yeah, on on cloudy days you're gonna have a heck of a time getting right. uh, fresh water. So if that can be done, that would be very interesting. Also, as I understand it, that water would be very mineralized because the minerals run from the land into the water and it, it is would be great for growing crops out in the ocean but i don't know aaron any other thoughts um yeah just really quick and i'm incredibly sorry if you start getting the crazies calling in after this but i have actually read that peter thiel is a registered member of the bilderberg group okay just throwing that out there yeah Again, uh, the Bilderberg Group is a group of uh, powerful men and women, uh, people who are uh, politicians, who are industry captains. Uh, They get together in a hotel and they have secret meetings. And what they're meeting about... I don't know. There is a lot of conspiracy theorizing around the Bilderbergers. If the Rothschilds can make a floating, uh, you know, p- platform on the sea that is freer than what we have going on in the land, count me in. If I've <laughs> if I've got to sign a Bilderberg contract in blood, as long as it's my own, I would be willing to do that creepy, in order Mark. to uh, to get to get on board. I Thanks, don't care. Aaron, for the call, man. All Appreciate right, hearing from you. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, right? Because the idea behind the Bilderberg Group is that they're all trying to control the world, or that the Bilderbergers are trying to control people, and so therefore, if it's true that this place is actually a freer place to live then it would seem contrary to all the conspiracies about Bill Well, Bates. I guess the idea is they get you out there and then they control you. They put fluoride in the water. and you, become, you wouldn't be able to really go anywhere. You could become pliable as a doe-eyed cow. Well, yeah, I guess get, bring all the entrepreneurs in the world to the same place and then uh, put in a, you know, nuke it. How about that one? Eight five. I mean, if you want to be paranoid about it, there's plenty of paranoia to uh, dose yourself with. 855-450-FREE. I, for one, am pretty excited about it. 855-450-3733. Hour number three is next. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com 
This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number is 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line here with you tonight. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, so, of course, you can bring up anything you want. That's the point of this program, though we have been talking, for those of you just tuning in, about a, a very interesting project that is uh, tied in to some extent with the Seasteading Institute. It is a private company called Blue Seed, and their intentions, apparently they're backed up by billionaire Peter Thiel, formerly of PayPal, and uh, from what I understand, a pretty liberty-oriented guy. They're backed by him and a number of, I imagine a number of other investors. The concept is to build floating barges, platforms, ships, something like that, some sort of a floating it's like city. A flat uh, cruise ship is what the concept looks like. Right, a floating city where they would essentially have entrepreneurs from all around the world living and doing their entrepreneurial thing and doing it out from under the thumb and the reach, hopefully, of the various different world criminal gangs that we know as uh, – we call them governments. So the idea is to get away from that. And the concept is to have this barge or whatever it is going to be out. And it's going to be large, from what I understand, a very large platform of some sort. Uh, going to be Couldn't out, be a city without being large. Going to be out uh, a half an hour away from California. The Was it the Silicon Valley? Yep. Be located very nearby Silicon Valley. I think Valley. it's an hour away. Up to an I hour thought away. you said it was a half an hour. But either way, you're probably looking at a lot of people have longer commutes to get into Silicon Valley uh, than, you know, than this amount of time. Well, you consider, uh, you know, if it's an hour on a boat, consider how much more quick it would be um, on a helicopter or something like that. A lot of these people could probably afford helicopters. And if you had uh, a situation where people were, uh, you know, more wealthy, then you would have the helicopters going more often. Then you've got a business uh, transporting people back and forth and uh, they go in 10 minutes will so. there be low income housing like this why would they think? do that why what would be the benefit for the people that uh, you know sw- swab the bilge uh, that kind of thing i guess they would have to have some people that uh, you know the plumbers the maintenance guys things like that yeah, I mean, they had to have construction people on the Death Star, right? Yep, they did. Um, I, I don't know what kind of uniforms they wore, but they, they must have had I, some. I bet they were black. <laughs> bet they were black. I, I just, I just wonder if this is freedom is only for the rich. Is that, is that how this is going to go? Do you think sixteen hundred dollars a month is rich for an apartment? I mean, two people. 800 bucks a month. Depends that on the apartment. Utilities. For it sure. does. It certainly does. You know, I'm going to assume that it's larger than the berth on a cruise ship, but I'm not. I'm going to also assume that you're talking about apartments the size of, say, New Manhattan apartments as opposed to, because I'm, I'm thinking that space is at a premium here. So. Well, sure. Sure. But a friend of mine lived in a 300 square foot apartment in Manhattan relatively happily. And what did he pay for it? Uh, oh, he dearly. was at $1,400 a, a yeah. month. Dearly, and right. That was, uh, yeah, that was years ago. And he had to deal with all the New York City regulations and government and the oppressive state of, uh, of New York. And I mean, here you essentially are living on a, on a ship, so you you don't get to go on your, on your road trip across the state or across the country. You're stuck with the people you're stuck with. I don't know that you're, I mean, I, it would depend on why you would want to go on the, the road trip. I would need to know the scenario, but if, uh, if I mean... Uh, 
you, you don't need to have a car, so you don't have that expense. You're on the ship. There's going to be whatever transportation there is on the ship, if there's mm-hmm. any at all. And so if you need to, to get a car, you take whatever transportation there is to shore, whether it's boat or helicopter. You rent a car from Enterprise, and then you go wherever it is that you need to go. I don't know that you're entirely trapped. Now, we're talking about a speculative situation where people renounce their U.S. citizenship. If you make more than $80,000 a year abroad, the IRS believes that you, they because they own you as a citizen and that's what citizen means it means that the government owns you it doesn't mean that you have rights or anything like that it's just a fancy term for surf and if you're uh, if you as a surf abroad make more than eighty thousand dollars in a year the IRS wants that money so a lot of people are going to be incentivized in this place to renounce their citizenship mm-hmm. maybe the United States government will say oh well if you renounce your citizenship you're not even allowed to visit anymore. Or, better yet, the U.S. makes a move on international waters to take that. That's what I've been wondering about this whole time. Oh, yeah, sure. So you move your boat. Okay, so you move your boat, what is it, eight miles out from the Well, it starts at three is uh, what the state has. And then the, the, let's see, it goes to 100 for fishing. The U.S. government claims like 12 for like drug runners to be able to pull over boats and check for drug runners and things like that. I thought 13 was the magic number. And and so you can go out 13 and... Gamble. It's like duty yeah. free. I think you could that. just be out three for gambling because the United States government doesn't outlaw gambling; just the state governments do. Hmm. So you, you know, you're, you yeah, you could try moving the boat in and out. There's no doubt about that. At some point or another, uh, you know, some government's going to have a problem with what you do, and if that government is the United States government, then you're going to have to it, enter into a situation of negotiations. Now, consider for a second that although the United States government is going to want to shut you down, they may or may not be able to. They want to do a lot of things. They haven't been successful. They want to control the internet, and they can't do it because the you know, U.S. citizens wouldn't allow PIPA and SIPA or whatever to pass. Um, I mean, how do places like Andorra, Liechtenstein, and little countries like Belgium exist in Europe when other European powers could sweep them off the map in a moment? Right. Well, they exist because the international community wouldn't like the United States going after, say, a boat that claims to have some level of freedom out in international waters. Hopefully. I mean, in the age of Internet, in the age of the Internet, can you hold the government accountable enough what I suspect you would probably see, my biggest concern would be that they would say, well, you've got U.S. citizens aboard that boat and we want them back because they owe us money for taxes. And they would send in some kind of SWAT team or something like that. I don't know what would happen. Likely there'd be some kind of terrible international incident because if you get enough libertarians around, they're going to want guns. And if they have guns, then they're going to try to fight back and yuck. It's, well, it's not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, who knows how this is going to end up playing out. Uh, but uh, generally, the government doesn't like messing with people with power and influence, right? So you're talking about a, a company that is being started by Peter Thiel, formerly of PayPal. The guy's got a fair amount of money, and I imagine the other investors also That's, do. That is an insignificant amount of power and influence compared to the United States government. True, but I mean, look at the way governments operate. I mean, they tend to leave the the powerful and the moneyed alone. I mean, yeah, now and then they'll go after somebody to make an example out of them, but uh, generally they 
they tend to focus on poor people, people that can't afford lawyers, people that uh, can't fight are, back, can't fight back, right. people that are easily victimized. I have a hard time picturing a boat like the one I'm looking at fighting back against against an onslaught of a force from the U.S. government. Oh, I yeah. really if, do. If, I think it's impossible. If, the, be... if it if it comes down to force, it's over. Sure. But if we drop a bomb on the whole thing and then that's that if these people are you know keep a bevy of lawyers on staff in order to keep the government away um you know slapping them with uh, all their you know governmental paperwork then they'll probably have some kind of success mark is with us listening in grand rapids minnesota mark you're on free talk live hey how are you guys doing hey, tonight? mark what's on your mind um it seems with this whole uh Blue blue seed is it? Blue yep. seed, yeah. It just seems like you're swapping, the, like you're talking about going out and renouncing your U.S. citizenship. You're just swapping, um, you know, one evil power for another. You know, I mean, one evil what for another? What, an evil power. 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 You know, who would be the evil power, power in this situation? Well, whoever's running, you know, this barge. Why would know? they be evil? Well, you you don't know that. I mean, you never know, and it's you're stuck there. You know, it, it's you're out in the ocean. You're stuck well, there. You'd only be stuck like there it, if you uh, didn't have a way off. In which case, right. probably right, would be boats right. and helicopters. So and I agree like and I disagree. Now, let me. Um, you know, I agree that you're you're absolutely ch- exchanging one monopolistic power for another monopolistic power. Right, Monopolies right. tend to be corrupted. Please, uh, if we could hold them through, I'd, I'd like to, to discuss this. Hang on, Mark. We'll bring you back here in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free. I mean, if you think the guys that are going to run the barge are evil, then you probably shouldn't go there. Maybe you would want to look into that. I think first. anybody who's put in a monopolistic situation has a tendency towards evil. But they're not a monopoly. You've chosen to We'll go talk there. about that. More on the way here. 855-450-FREE. You're under a contract, I would think. Free talk. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. You can also get our show uh, show notes, stuff that we used on the air. We post that as well for you over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Like everything on our website, it's free. bbs.freetalklive.com. If you are an outdoors enthusiast, whether it's camping hunting or shooting manventureoutpost.com has everything you need they've got uh, you know i'm just looking at their list of departments here air guns archery ammunition camping and hiking clothing and apparel firearms accessories flashlights and lighting hunting holsters knives and cutlery law enforcement uh, marine and boating optics outdoors reloading shooting tents water purification battery chargers rc kits everything that the outdoors enthusiast might need and the name brands 
tokens at the best rates you're going to be able to find on the internet, all collected in one place. It's Bitcoin, excuse me, <laughs> manventureoutpost.com. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right, 855-453. We're going to take a quick uh, break from this discussion uh, here in a moment. We've got to talk to Derek J because he's on the line from jail. We'll get back to Mark. I know uh, we were in the middle of a discussion, but Derek's on the line from jail, and it's kind of expensive to talk to someone who's in jail. So, Derek, uh, welcome back. Of course, uh, you are a former co-host of this radio program, uh, having sat in on Tuesday nights with us for a long time in jail because you didn't harm anybody in jail because uh, you tried to live free and the people calling themselves the state certainly don't like it when that happens. Uh, no time to really get into all the details. People can go to freekeen.com, also your website, livefreeordance.com, or victimlesscrimespree.com and find out more about you and what's going on. But you wanted to update our listeners on what was happening. Yeah, that's right. And I also uh, just wanted to promote the Shire Society because I had a pretty eventful day. Uh, I had court today. Uh, I was not uh, terribly prepared, though I I brought some motions with me um, to uh, suspend or reduce or convert some fines that I was expecting to be forced to pay. And um, I was pretty nervous because if these fines were imposed, that would mean I would have to spend 25 days in segregation, which is, like, really awful. It's 23 hours of uh, by yourself, and you only get one hour out. 25 days of that could be considered torture by some measures. So I was really nervous going into it, but I was supported by a bunch of activists who came on just a day's notice. So that's how cool it is to be a part of the Shire Society. I just wanted to promote that and let folks know uh, how great it can be to be surrounded by other like-minded individuals. And it turns out the, uh, the boost of confidence worked, and I had those 25 days knocked off and converted into community service. So, so that means you're only going to be in the cage for 50 days with Total. good behavior. That's right. Behave yourself, and, Derek. <laughs> you naughty, naughty be. boy. Well, no, I, I, I've been doing well so far, and uh, you know, I, I know the, the limits and everything, so I expect that everything's going to go well, and I should be out by June 25th now. I have a final, I have a date, so I'm excited. Uh, it should be the end of Porkfest, another great event. Um, which just many, in time. Uh, no, he'll just be missing members. me. Oh. The t- yep. last day of Porkfest is the 24th, so unfortunately you'll be getting out the day after. But that might be something for people who are attending Porkfest, who are for planning sure. Planning on sticking around New Hampshire because a lot of times when people come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, they like to after Pork Fest or beforehand, they like to kind of explore the rest of New Hampshire. So I know a number of folks, uh, for instance, that Sunday of the the ending Sunday of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a number of them will come down to Keene to come to social Sundays and you know kind of experience what Keene is like. And so maybe that would be a good excuse for people to stay stay the night on uh, Sunday night, and then we could have a, like a big Derek J welcome back uh, bash or something like that. Yay. on the, the following day. Oh, it would be so much fun to uh, visit with all the folks who are visiting from Porkfest. I definitely recommend anyone who's uh, liberty-minded, you have to check out Keene. It's, it's unlike any other place I've ever visited, certainly. And uh, I recommend it for all liberty lovers. Well, good to hear the good news. Uh, Derek, anything else you want to share tonight? 
Oh, that's all. I, I'm just uh, happy uh, to be supported uh, by the Shire uh, Society and um, the listeners of this show. So thank you for having me on. All right, man. And uh, by the way, people can go to victimlesscrimespree.com. If you look on the right-hand side of the, the page, there's a link there to help Derek J. fund his next activist project, which is his Freeman in Exile tour, mm-hmm. uh, where he will be uh, self-imposing in exile. He'll be leaving the Shire. He'll be uh, touring around the country and visiting all manner of different places, places where activism happening was to find the most exciting activism that's happening in the rest of the country and uh, report on it and do uh, you're going to get back into doing free agents radio news which i thought was such a great project and i'm excited to, to have that back uh and of course you'll be doing video updates as well but it's not it's not gonna be cheap you gotta you know be able to pay for the trip so uh, you are raising funds for that right now and there's a link there at, at uh, victimlesscrimespree.com and derek thanks for the call tonight man Thank you. Be safe in there, and of course you will, because it's it's a pretty good group of guys, from what I understand. You've been getting along with the uh, the inmates. Oh yes, it's it's a wonderful group of uh, also people who are uh, in here for victimless crimes. Um, a huge super majority are here for victimless crimes. So good, it's sir. interesting getting their stories too. And Derek, I've heard you're going to be writing some of those stories up and great. sending them out as blog posts for uh, freeking.com and your that's other fantastic. sites. Fantastic. Precisely, yep, and I just sent some in the mail today, so you should be getting those soon. Well, Fantastic. much love to you, Derek, and please love to Josh and Bo as well. Unfortunately, Certainly, they're not yes. in the we same have some cell other block. Caged activists here. Yes, and Bo is in this cell block now. So. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Oh, you guys are together. Okay. That's well, fun. love to Bo. Neener, neener. Okay. And, and y'all can write Derek J, by the way, by going, and Bo. Uh, you can write them both by going to mailtojail.com. Uh, that's mailtojail.com. And thanks, Derek. Have a good night. Thanks bro. again. Yep. Have a great night. 855-450-FREE. We bring back Mark, who's been waiting patiently. Uh, we were in the middle of a conversation about the, 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 the idea of BlueSeed.co. It's a ship or barge or some sort of platform that's uh, going to be constructed, hopefully in the near future, to allow entrepreneurs to come out and work without the heavy hand of governments uh, hanging over them. But yet, Mark, you say— There will that- be government out there. I mean, they're going to be governed well, in some way, shape, or form. And what Mark's concern well, was—go ahead, Mark— well, the thing about it is, I mean, everyone's going to have their own agenda, you know. I mean, so whoever is creating this and doing this and they're they're enticing, you know, these entrepreneurs out to their, I mean, what what is their agenda behind this, you know, I mean... That's, well, I mean, you can look for, you, know, you can be paranoid if you want to, but well, it sounds to me like the agenda is to bring people together in the You're same place. You're just baiting him, Ian. Ian. Okay, he Mark. sounds paranoid. Okay, uh, Mark. So we know that, yeah, I agree with you. These are, there's absolutely, somebody's going to have monopoly control. Somebody or somebody's are going to have monopoly control over this barge, and that's a government. I gotcha, and I agree with you. Right. And monopolies right. tend to result in bad things. However, what we don't have on the planet is a monopoly of governments. What we do have is governments that up to uh, heretofore have, uh, you know, been closing their borders. That they've been getting it's been more and more difficult to travel from one geographic location to another outside of a country. And right. this place purports to allow visa-free, passport-free travel from anybody. It's a boat. It's not a country. And so people right, can travel right. in, and then they can rent there. And if they don't like the experience, they can go to the next boat that brings out in competition. And what when you have competition, you have superior customer service. Right. And, and I'd love always, to have superior right. customer service in the area of governance. And you can watch and see what happens. I mean, you don't have to be the first person that goes out on one of these boats. You don't have to be the initial adopter. Okay. You can... Oh, oh. You can observe. A month we'll bring it back here in a moment, Mark. Hang on. 855-450-FREE. You can observe and then decide. Free Talk Live. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. We've got a mobile site for those of you with a smartphone. And those of you who have that smartphone, you would like quick access to our live streams, broadband, midband, narrowband. We've got different size streams for different internet connection bit rates. You can go to m.freetalklive.com, m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our site, it's free. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, you don't have to sign a contract. You don't have terms of service that you've got to click on. You can download the free software and be using it in just a few minutes. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world. You don't need permission from any bank or government. There are no fees as a result. You can learn how by visiting weusecoins.org. And with BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. You can buy your Bitcoins with cash. Visit BitInstant.com. We continue here. Mark is listening in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. wanted to make sure to bring him back to give him a chance to air his concerns over this uh, Blue Seed project, the idea of having a uh, essentially a floating platform, barred ship of some sort, uh, that would be an attraction for entrepreneurs from around the world to come and do their business without the heavy hand of the the criminal gangs known as governments uh, that, uh, that are typically overriding their activities without having that around. Uh, but Mark, you are pretty worried about uh, what could go on on this uh, the ship you're worried that that's just going to be trading one evil ruler for another and i sounds it sounds a little bit uh, paranoid to me but i wanted to make sure you could make your case so go ahead well and i mean the whole thing about this is it, uh, it just brings up a whole lot of thoughts on my part about just that you don't have to you know renounce being a u.s citizen there's a lot of things you can do in this country right now to be a free person, you know, and take control over things like what you eat, growing your own food, yep. hunting and fishing. To and and this 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 blue seed project is out of reach for most most people, you know. And I I'm not a wealthy person. And do you think sixteen hundred dollars a month is is out of reach for people? That I mean, that sounds like utilities included. Um. <laughs> well, me and my dad, we have a business together. Mm-hmm. He's a contractor here, you know, and it's really hard times right now. You yeah, know? sure. So, it's definitely out of reach for somebody if you're paying. It, it is out of reach for a lot of people. But then I, again, this isn't a project that's intended to target the average person. This is a project no, that's targeting no, it's entrepreneurs. It's targeting right, people right. who can afford these sorts of things. And then maybe down the right. line, you can see more of these ships being constructed, and then maybe the cost can come down, perhaps, uh, in that in that right. case. But, I mean, it, it's a very interesting project that's going on, you know. I've, you know, I've been listening. And yeah, and it, keep, you know, keep an very, eye on it. it. See what happens. It Watch sounds and, very interesting, but... Well, we'll certainly up to... I just, I, I just like to throw out there, you know, that... Right now, someone who doesn't make a lot of money, less than $1,600 a month, that they, there is things you can do right now to, to 
secure your freedom. Yeah, you know? well, absolutely. And like joining the Free State Project and, and moving together with other like-minded people and, and getting active. And thank you, Mark, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, I mean, if you're concerned about uh, the Blue Seed Project, uh, then keep an eye on it and see what happens. See if uh, the see if the people who are running the ship turn into uh, brutal overlords uh, whipping their entrepreneurial yeah, slaves. It won't work uh, because they could leave very quickly because there are no visas and passports involved in getting there. There won't be any visas or passports involved in getting out. So all you have to do is well, go. If there's one no hour. helicopters and boats on the ship, then you're going to have to swim. It's true. I mean, they would have to. Yeah, I, I just don't see how it's going to work. I tend to think that uh, these, you know, again, if they want to be successful, they're going to have to deliver what they're promising to people. And if they're promising a, a very well, low regulation place in which to do business, that's what they're going to have to deliver or else people are going to not go there. This doesn't sound like a gigantic moneymaker from the onset to me. So that means that somebody who's getting involved in setting this up is doing it from an ideological standpoint. Sounds like it. They know that, uh, you know, in order to be profitable, they're going to allow innovation and entrepreneurship. These are the things that make stuff happen and these are the things that governments stifle at every turn so in order to outcompete what essentially are these competing uh, governmental agencies because make no mistake whoever's running this boat is the president of that piece of land or what that piece of new land or whatever it is and uh, you know in order to compete because they've uh, you know set low barriers to entry i.e. no visas no passports then they're going to have to they're going to have to offer things that other places don't offer hopefully those and those and people want freedoms so they're going to have to offer freedoms we continue here. You can bring up what you want. Uh, Ed is in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nemi, and Mark. Hello, Ed. How are the free staters tonight? All is well, Ed. Go ahead with your thoughts. Hey, uh, I just want to uh, mention to y'all that uh, an Obama-appointed judge rules its indefinite detention provisions likely violate First and Fifth Amendments. What's so, this now? NDAA. This is the NDAA? Yeah. And the Captain the NDAA Barr. was the act that uh, made it legal to kill Americans. Which one was that? <laughs> yeah, sorta. Well, indefinite detention. Uh, it said, uh, it, "Let's say this victory because none of the plaintiffs has yet been indefinitely detained. They lack standing." This is the uh, Department of Justice's view. Uh, even if they have standing, the lack of an imminent enforcement against the, them renders injunctive relief unnecessary. And the NDAA creates no detention powers beyond what the 2001 AUMF already provides. What is it, the authorization something of military force? Anyway, this judge ruled against it, so she said, you know, like I said, she thought it violated First and Fifth Amendment. I don't see how it couldn't. Thank goodness. So wait, does that mean it's been overturned? Uh, It's what they call it, uh, an enjoinder or something. You know, y'all can look it up. uh, Mm -hmm. Something about cheap prohibited some of it but it was it's on what shaky it was, legs uh, christopher hedges and noam chomsky and dan Ellsberg. it said plowed uh they were the plaintiffs and it was a victory for them that's hmm. a, a you know, those are a great bunch of names um as far as right. you know people advocating for social freedoms right ed thanks for bringing us that All news right. tonight what else did you want to share anything uh that's about it for tonight very good sir appreciate hearing from All you right. and thanks for the call 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, Mark, is there anything else we need to know about this Blue Seed Project? I think we've got all the information um, that, that's to be had. I think that there's gonna there's a lot more coming, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I hope a lot more comes because it's ideas like this that are going to set us free. 
when I was when we started out doing Free Talk Live in 2002, I remember having it, it being difficult to find the news stories to talk about and things like that. Now I see so many new projects coming on board for people who are interested in the ideas of freedom. I don't know if it's Free Talk Live, the Ron Paul a phenomenon, or you know people just coming awake to the ideas of freedom. But I think that we're going to see a lot more freedom in our lifetimes. I don't think you're going to see in the next ten years the um, anarchy boat because I I think that you're going because these boats are going to sounds have to like compete. fun to me. Yeah, that does to you. Uh, it, <laughs> these boats are going to have to compete in the real world where uh, governments will blow them out of the water if they do stupid things. Um, so, you know, they'll they'll find their equilibrium and what makes the most sense that they can do. I'm very concerned, very concerned with banking going on in the open seas and how they would uh, do those things and get away with it. Because the United States government has been scaring the bejesus out of international banks around the world to the point that they won't even take accounts from American citizens anymore, just won't take accounts from American citizens. So how will they deal with people that want to do banking on the open seas? Your thoughts are welcome at 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. In other news, uh, there's some others. I don't know if, Nemi, you've got this uh, ready to roll, but you had a a piece tonight about a four-year-old, the police coming after a four-year-old because of overdue library books. A library in Pittsburgh, in a Pittsburgh suburb, went after a four-year-old girl whose books were due back in October. She owed the library about $81 in fines. When she didn't pay up, the library called the cops and asked police to make a courtesy call to the child's home. We'll see how courteous they were here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can, of course, bring up anything you want, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Bardo Fest is a camping gathering at Bardo Farm, an off-the-grid, eco-friendly farm in Croydon, New Hampshire. Attendees will enjoy live music performances, sustainability workshops, comedy, firearms education, terrific farm-raised food, vendors, and camping under the stars. Treat yourself and relax at Bardo Fest, May 25th through the 28th. A full festival pass, including camping, is just $50. Go to bardoproject.com. That's bardoproject.com. Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for you and your thoughts if you dial in at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Promote.freetalklive.com. That is where you can access uh, details on how to get a free bumper sticker. You can also download flyers. You can print out, post around town, put up you know college bulletin boards and your local coffee shops or wherever it is you put put flyers at, uh, and other tools like uh, web graphics and banners for your website, blog, etc. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. And by the way, the toll-free numbers here, 855-450-FREE. Those are brought to you by SACL CAI. Uh, Jason Osborne of SACL CAI wants to remind you to share 
once a week, uh, your, what, your favorite episode of Free Talk Live with your friends on Facebook. Uh, SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable for other businesses. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, so uh, maybe we'll get to the library book story here in a moment. We've got some folks that want to comment. Uh, let's go first to Martin listening in North Dakota. Martin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, um, I just kind of wanted to see if you guys were aware that uh, this June um, on the North Dakota ballot, they're actually voting uh, whether or not to abolish property taxes. Whoa. And, Neat. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. I've been having some good discussions with uh, some people about it, and I, I'm a little bit, uh, I guess, ambivalent on it at first because I, uh, I mean, abolishing property taxes, that's great. Um, the big thing that I hear people talk about is the uh, roads. How are we going to pay, pay for the roads? And mm-hmm. I try and explain to people that the uh, roads should be uh, private in the first place. But, um, well, I imagine North, North is, Dakota has uh, a gas tax, which probably pays for the roads. <laughs> the, um, the other thing is the, the state is right now, um, the property taxes, uh, they're, they're levied at a uh, local township level. They're, um, the state obviously uh, assesses the value of the property and it all, um, tell them the max and the minimum they can charge for property taxes uh, for the mills. Mm-hmm. But um, it is uh, levied at a local township level at the moment. And the, uh, I mean, as I said, I, I kind of have a little bit of issue with it because the state's telling the locality what they can do. But then again, the state's saying, hey, you guys can't steal from me. Well, is this like so, a ballot measure that the, that, uh, the people have uh, signed petitions to get on the ballot? Or is this a legislative thing that they put on the ballot? Uh, the legislature's been talking about it quite a bit, but it is a, uh, it's called Measure 2. It's a ballot measure. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, I can't see... They went ahead and... Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if it fails. I mean, what kind of fools would vote to keep property taxes? I'm not even sure that's the state that's telling the localities what to do. I think that that's the people of the state of uh, of North Dakota telling the localities what to do, and I don't have a problem philosophically with that. Is there a North Dakota... Uh, yeah, exactly. And it, the measure it, passes. I mean, um, what it is is it says... Uh, the state uh, legislature would have to decide how to how to fund the uh, the township for those uh, necessary public services or something. And uh, is there a state income tax? The, um, I'm sorry. Is there an income tax in North Dakota? There is. Uh, yes, there is a state income it is. tax. Okay. I'd rather have an income but, tax than a property tax, as far as I'm concerned, because if if I don't pay income tax, they probably can just put me in a jail cell. It's less likely that uh, they can take my house from me. It would seem. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and that's, that's what I've been it. talking to a lot about. And you would you'd be very surprised. There's actually uh, a lot of the uh, the farmers out here and um, are against it. And one of the big things I heard is, well, like for instance, the township they uh, we we had a, a ton of flooding this last year, and they had to put a lot of money into the roads, so they actually had to raise the uh, property taxes at a, at the local level. But um, one of the big things I hear, like one of the townships out here, contains. Uh, a whopping three people, and <laughs> the the biggest thing I hear is, well, if the state wasn't there, if the uh, if the township wasn't paying for their roads or the county wasn't paying for their roads, how would they get access to their property? So that's that's my biggest thing that I'm um having to talk to people about is uh, the privatization of roads. But that, that's the if you want to live far um, away from people, it should be your responsibility to pay for the costs involved in living far away from people, including getting from point A to uh, to point B. 
You chose where to live, exactly. I've uh, mentioned, uh, I think I've sent quite a few people to uh, meet these and Adam. <laughs> Urban <laughs> livers should not be subsidizing <laughs> uh, people in the country, and people in the country shouldn't have to subsidize people in urban areas. Also, four-wheel drive vehicles are a heck of a lot cheaper than building uh, you know, roads. fancy roads to nowhere. Hey, Martin, thanks for the call. Let, let us know what happens with that, will you, later on this year? Well, definitely, yes, sir. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Chris listening in Denver. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nemi and Mark. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, kind of interesting for the property tax debate here in uh, Denver. They had one of our local suburbs that actually, uh, I kid you not, proposed uh, a plan that if you went you know, back and behind in your property taxes that they were going to shut your water off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, just, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. But also, um, property taxes are really important, though, especially for local school districts. That's kind of the, one of the reasons why you see such budget constraints in California, of course, among other things. But that Prop 18 they have over there, that uh, caps the property taxes, the school districts, you know, um, you know, burden the state government, you know, unfairly, um, you know, for their local school districts. And Absolutely. And, and you know, when uh, just to make sure that we're clear here is these school districts are, you know, these are monopolies. Uh, they, you know, you have to pay for them. Even if you don't send your kid to them, mm-hmm. you don't want or to you send your kid to them. I don't send my kid to them, but I'm paying to educate other people's kids right. at the expense of my kid. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a whole different discussion. But uh, the reason why I was kind of kind of calling in, it's my first time tuning in. I kind of like what I'm hearing. I've okay. kind of been, um, you know, ideologically, I'm pretty pro- progressive, I guess you could say. But I kind of been like warming up to neoliberalism and maybe even like libertarianism. But there are two things I wanted to, you know, get your guys' take on. Sure. Um, you know, I, I like minutes. libertarianism in forms of like civil liberties, the TSA, things of that nature. But I think like. You know, social safety nets, for example, is when, like, Paul Ryan came out with, I mean, even Ron Paul kind of, I guess, sort of endorsed um, the budget, um, Paul Ryan's budget. But essentially it said that they were going to turn, you know, Medicare into a voucher system where, you know, they were going to give grandma, you know, a $6,000 check and say, you know, go to United Healthcare and, and uh, find some health care coverage for $6,000 a year. I, I don't know. I, I just, that kind of turns me out to libertarian philosophy. Okay, so um, first off, are you aware that uh, people who are getting Medicare at this point are uh, put in a quarter for every dollar they're getting out? Uh, yes. Okay, so in what world is that fair? Uh, I mean, that would be insurance, right? You, you're, you're spreading, spreading What insurance out policy do you pay a quarter to get a dollar's worth of coverage? Uh, what kind of insurance is overall? No. You, insurance companies, you do not put in a quarter in order to get a dollar worth of coverage out of insurance companies. Otherwise, insurance companies wouldn't be in business. Um, right. Medicare is a poorly uh, arranged situation. It is promised too much uh, for too little. And it's sad, but now people f- consider it an entitlement. It's an entitlement program. You know, you said we were going to have free medical care when all we had to do was make it to 65. Well, you know, I'm sorry. That's what the government does. It lies. Well, right. hold on a second. I'd like to point something out here, Chris. And by the way, you said you had two things to talk about. We're getting close toward the end of this program. I'd like to invite you to call back tomorrow at the beginning of the show. We can more you know, get in more details on some of these issues. But I think that the idea of having, uh, you know, a social safety net is a fine idea. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, somebody who contributes to the local food kitchen here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire. I contribute to the homeless shelter as well. And I think that's it's because it's important to have these things. But these are private organizations that are providing uh, these services for people that are in need. Well, ones and- that don't promise crap they can't deliver. Well, they're private organizations, and they're not run by the government. And I don't want – the thing is, I don't want to be forced 
to pay for things with which I disagree. And I, if I don't like the way a certain charity is being run, let's say, you know, I don't like, maybe let's say I don't like the fact that the Salvation Army is a religious organization. Maybe I don't like that about them. Well, I don't have to give them money. I can give money to the local homeless shelter instead. And then, you know, I'm not supporting a religious organization, but I'm still helping take care of people. Uh, I like the idea of being able to choose where to send my charitable dollar. Whereas what the government does is it says, well, if you don't like it, too bad. We're going to take your money, and if you don't like that fact, then we're going to put you in a cage. And I don't think that uh, any kind of safety net should be funded by threatening to put people in cages, because that doesn't sound very safe, and it doesn't sound very caring. Right. Would, would you guys agree with me that you know Medicare can be solvent, though, if no. only you lifted the cap nope. on millionaires and billionaires? No. Well, I, I, as long as you uh, advocate stealing from people, uh, then you could probably fund anything. Um, when you're talking about millionaires and billionaires, you're talking about a minority of people who it's easy to go after their money. But until they leave, once it gets difficult, uh, to, he dropped. He dropped. Once once it gets too expensive to live in the United States, they're going to the uh, you know they're going to the Channel Islands. They're going to Singapore. Then what are you going to do? They're going to leave. And then who? Then who are you going to steal from? Right. Just stop the stealing and let's help people without the violence. Let's help people voluntarily, consensually. Talk more about it tomorrow night if you want. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on Free Talk Live. And today I have with me Matthew Southworth. Matthew, you there? Sure. Uh, uh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity, Mark. And uh, I work for the Friends Committee on National Legislation. We are Quaker lobby in the public interest on Capitol Hill. Yep. Uh, we have a v- variety of issues that we work on. And uh, my particular area of expertise is uh, foreign policy, uh, Afghanistan, veterans and drones in specific. Uh, and I'm a veteran of the Iraq War, so that's where my kind of background uh, knowledge comes from. Excellent. Now, uh, people who are, you know, listeners of this show are going to know that I'm a Quaker. And uh, so, I mean, I, you guys, you know, I, I'm on one of your lists or something like that. And I saw an email come through and I thought that it was an important topic to talk about. It's not like you and I uh, sit in a meeting together every Sunday or anything, right? Nope, definitely don't. <laughs> okay. So um, now these, there's a vote coming up on withdrawal from Afghanistan. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Do uh, you want me to tell you a little bit about yeah, the bill? Yeah, please, if you would. Sure. There's uh, this bill that is marked up and passed by uh, each chamber of Congress and signed by the president every year, known as the National Defense Authorization Act. And every year uh, it's became, ugly. And every year this thing's yeah, ugly. every year. <laughs> correct, correct. So essentially the NDAA, which is what we call it for short, mm-hmm. is a military authorization bill controlled by the House Armed Service Committee, and the House Armed Service Committee has oversight and jurisdiction uh, over the military. Right. So that's everything from troops and personnel to uh, the fighter jets and, and procurement all the way to the wars. And, uh, we'll, you know, what were the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, which is now just the Iraq, uh, war in uh, Afghanistan. And this bill uh, last year became synonymous with indefinite detention. Uh, but really, in truth, is it's an authorization bill that gets marked up every year. And that's unique on the Hill because... Normally, authorization bills only get marked up every two to three years, 
um, but with uh, defense, Congress seems to have a special affinity, or with the military spending, rather, Congress seems to have this special affinity, uh, and they do this bill every year. Yeah, I don't like to call it defense either. Um, defense, yeah. defense would be fought on this soil, or at least darn close to it. But, uh, you know, whatever's going, whatever has been going on since 1941 doesn't seem a lot like defense to me. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the language of the Hill, and uh, I mistakenly refer to it as a defense bill. Sure. But honestly and truly, it's, it's a military spending bill. If you want to look for pork in the federal government, you know, this whole, um, you know, ban on earmarks and all that other sort of thing. Uh, you want you want to find pork. You want to find waste from abuse in the federal government. You don't have to look any further than the Pentagon and the military budget uh, to find those sorts of things. Yeah, this it's... is a really important uh, year, though, because of the kind of amendments that will be offered on this bill. And I should say right from the get-go that we at FCNL never support the authorization of military funds. Uh, and while that's true, we also feel, though, that it's really important to work on these bipartisan initiatives to cut the Pentagon's budget, to end the war in Afghanistan, to prevent war with Iran, and to re- reduce our nuclear arsenal. All uh, of those efforts were made on this bill uh, in the next two or three days. So um, now there's an opportunity, I guess, to put some kind of amendment in that would cause troop withdrawal from Afghanistan to be to happen much more quickly. And you guys were just a few votes shy the last time. Is that about right? That is correct. So every uh, year for the last three years, uh, there's been a bipartisan amendment introduced by Congressman McGovern of Massachusetts and Republican Congressman um, Jones, Walter Jones of uh, North Carolina. Now, Walter Jones actually has uh, Camp Lejeune, a large marine installation in his district, and he's on the House Armed Service Committee. So he comes with a whole lot of credibility. In fact, one of the things that people don't always know about Mr. Jones is he was the guy back in 2001, 2002, that tried to rename French fries, Freedom Fries, uh-huh. in the uh, cafeterias around the hill. And uh, he's actually come a, whole, a real long way since then. Uh, and Mr. Jones will tell you that it's because of the Marines and the stories she's heard in this district, um, stories that are similar to some that I tell uh, about the experience of individual soldiers in war and upon return. But this bill, um, this uh, amendment, rather, on the NDAA, it's actually Amendment Number 155, and or uh, excuse me, it's Amendment Number 101. And this amendment would expedite the transition, which is kind of the key administration word, um, from U.S. to Afghan control by the end of 2013, which is a full year sooner than the, um, the date that the Obama administration has so far offered, which is the end of 2014. So it would actually expedite the, the, the um, transition by a year, and then it would uh, essentially set up roadblocks to make it difficult for the president to keep troops in Afghanistan post-2014 by requiring an authorization, a separate authorization from Congress to do so. So, um, okay, so two things uh, to what you're saying there, because that sounds very important to me to to not give the the president a lot of leeway during the Iraq withdrawal. Apparently, I mean, you know, th- th- they wanted to keep the troops in Iraq, but Iraq said, "Oh yeah, well, they're going to be responsible to our uh, you know law enforcement mechanism if they stay here." And the, the United States is like, "Oh no, are you kidding me? We're not going to do that." And then they decided yeah, to right. go to so go the, through. The condition on the Iraq withdrawal was the the condition of. Um uh, amnesty for U.S. troops. And, uh, you know, we have to keep in mind that the Obama administration 
uh, did did say on the onset in 2008 that they were going to end the war in Iraq. But certainly for the end of 2011, they were trying to keep at least 10,000 troops there. And it was the Iraqis who demanded the status of forces agreement in 2008. Right. Uh, that was signed in 2008. And it was the Iraqis who then said uh, that the U.S. was not allowed to stay in the country for better or for worse. Uh, so certainly uh, we can't give the administration too much credit for that. Uh, but without doubt, um, as we kind of look at the structure of the partnership with Afghanistan, it's very important that we um, kind of emphasize the need for political reconciliation and highlight that the U.S. military doesn't have a role in that political reconciliation. Now, um, also, you were uh, saying that uh, as far as, uh, you know, turning over, uh, I guess, I don't know, troop movements or whatever to Afghanistan, what are, turning over Afghanistan to the Afghan Afghanis. And I guess, you know, not that I care. I don't think that the United States is, uh, has any moral uh, mandate to be deciding what goes on in Afghanistan. Uh, but I guess I have to ask myself, are the Afghanistan Afghanis ready to take over Afghanistan? And I guess I shouldn't call them Afghanis. I should call, uh, I should say Kar- Karzai and his crew, are they ready to take over this country that uh, yeah. really doesn't want them? Well, as you probably know, that's an incredibly complicated question. Uh, I... Initially, when I started doing this work, would have said um, that all problems in Afghanistan are Afghan problems that don't require a U.S. soldier to solve them. And I still more or less feel that way. Uh, but I have to say, I went to Afghanistan in 2000, um, uh, last year, 2011, in August. I organized a delegation of congressional staff and journalists to go under the radar, which is to say without Department of Defense or State Department support. Now, this is really important, and just to give you an idea of how rare that is, uh, it sounds since 2001, rare. The, uh, in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, only three congressional staff have gone to Iraq or Afghanistan without a military escort. This is exceedingly rare to do this. Okay. Uh, and the goal of the trip was to answer the question, how can we uh, end the war in Afghanistan responsibly? You know, under the notion that the U.S. has been there for over 10 years, and there is some sense that uh, we have a responsibility to turn over uh, Afghanistan in as good a shape as we can. Uh, which isn't something that everyone agrees with, for sure. Uh, But that's kind of the perspective we were coming from. And after five days of meetings with over 20 people, Afghan NGOs, international NGOs, ministry officials, even opposition figures, uh, our group kind of came to the conclusion that while there's no real perfect solution to the conflict in Afghanistan, uh, ultimately what we have is a political problem with only political solutions, and the U.S. in some way has a role there. Now, whether that is to create a space and allow for those negotiations to happen or actively facilitate in those um, negotiations is, you know, yet to be determined or, or could still be determined. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, we, the United States, are one of the few countries with the resources and the, um, you know, the investment made uh, that has the ability to do anything in Afghanistan. And the great underlying fear of many, many Afghans, not just the Karzai government, not just, you know, the Taliban or others, but really just ordinary Afghans, ordinary people like you and I, uh, those people, their greatest concern is that they will be abandoned, uh, you know, full scale, like they were in 1989 when the Soviets pulled out and the U.S. then pulled out support. And I think we have to look at the situation, pull back a little bit and realize that uh, a destable Afghanistan and a destable Pakistan, which is essentially what we are looking at when we look at a regional conflict, 
uh, is not conducive for global peace and stability in any way, shape, or form. Um, now, that's not to say, again, that we need military forces there, but we have to make a long-term, I believe, a long-term investment in a peaceful resolution to this conflict. And it's not something that happens by 2014, but it's something that could happen over the next 10 or 15 years, and it includes regional um, dialogue with uh, everyone from Iran to Pakistan and Pakistan and India, for example, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's, I think a, a peace investment, investment in peace that will have great dividends. Uh, but again, this is uh, you know pretty complicated stuff. Now, um, so what would happen if, in your estimation? You went there with the idea that uh, leaving, uh, you know, Afghanistan to Afghani's uh, was, you know, your your thought process. But you came back changed on that opinion. What what was it that changed your mind? Well, honestly, it was just the sense of um, the ordinary people. Uh, our our fixer, our trip fixer, who's someone um, that's kind of a term you use to describe someone who's helping organize meetings and essentially helping keep you alive. Uh, when you do a trip like this, mm-hmm. um, our trip fixer was someone who had lived through the Soviet occupation, had lived through the Civil War, had lived through Taliban rule, um, and, you know, had seen the various phases uh, that, you know, of safety and, and of security in the country. Uh, and I found him to be a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, it was just hearing about how things under uh, the Afghan Civil War, uh, which many Afghans in their collective memory will refer to as the, the bloodiest and darkest time and, and all Afghan um, history that they can remember. So there was a, a human element to my experience that I think really uh, made me question whether or not there was an obligation, a moral, in my view, moral obligation beyond um, just saying, hey, it's your country, deal with your issues. Uh, and I think, you know, we can't ignore the fact none of these things that have popped up in the last 10 years have been uh, in a vacuum. You know, they've happened under a U.S. Uh, presence or occupation, depending on how you look at it. Right. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. You know, as we traveled around Kabul, uh, two things really struck me. One was the poverty, overwhelming poverty, which you see of squatter villages on the sides of mountains that have no plumbing, electricity, or roads, uh, really just incredible, breathtaking uh, kind of, uh, you know, thing happening on the sides of the mountains in Kabul. And then as you drive around, you can also drive to neighborhoods that are um, just really very rich, very uh, luxurious neighborhoods. One was called Little Dubai, and Little Dubai is where all the drug lords and warlords and and Afghan officials uh, and the Karzai government kept their mansions. And the amazing thing to me is that both of these things, the, the village on the side of the hill, and the, um, you know, the compound uh, and the mansions have both arisen since 2001. So what that told me was we have a tremendous ability to screw this up, to essentially not um, try to solve this conflict for the right reason. Uh, and I think we've seen that manifestation. And I firmly believe that over the last uh, few years, at least since 2009, the U.S. has been trying to negotiate um, political settlements predicated on the U.S. staying for at least the next 10 years rather than negotiating these political settlements based on the U.S. Uh, helping to end a, a decades-long conflict. So I think that's one of the fundamental errors we've been making, and it's something that we can change and do better, uh, but it's not something that I think we are focused on right now, unfortunately. Uh, so in general, that's uh, you know what I would say about my experience and how that kind of um, struck me and, and turned me into a or, or 
change my opinion slightly. Thanks for your opinion on that, Matt. Now, um, this this vote is coming up that can you know basically end the Afghan conflict much more quickly and with much more def- uh, definitively. Uh, how can people get involved? You guys have a, a petition or something, isn't that right? Well, that's correct. Uh, so just, and I, I also want to add about this uh, amendment um, because this is an important part. There is a clause in the amendment which would require the U.S. to enter uh, or or um, double down on in some ways uh, the political reconciliation part. So that's also included. So it's not just a kind of get out and best luck to be a kind of bill, but it's one that tries to strike the proper balance between ending the war responsibly, uh, ultimately ending the war. Well, I have uh, no trust. People, I have no trust in uh, you, the U.S. government or any government, frankly, to uh, to you know fix these problems. But I think talking's better than shooting. Yeah, hey, I mean, we can definitely agree on that. So one of the ways that, that uh, people can get involved, though, is to go to fcnl.org. That's Friends Committee on National Legislation, fcnl.org. And right on the front page, there's a banner um, that you can click. It's, uh, it's something about um, ending the war in Afghanistan, you know, votes coming to end the war in Afghanistan. You can click on that, and it'll take you to a page uh, that lists a bunch of uh, amendments that we're watching very closely. Um, and from that page, you can take action on the Afghanistan Amendment. You can actually uh, write your member of Congress or use the 1-800 number that we provide to call your member of Congress and ask them to vote yes on Amendment Number 101 on the NDAA debate. And that, I think it's going to be very, very important for making sure that uh, a large constituency is heard and acknowledged on uh, the desire to see and this longest war in U.S. history come to an end. Yeah, the longest war in U.S. history. A lot of people don't know that. Matt Southworth, thank you for the interview, and let's stay in touch. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Mandrake. And this is Jay. And we're getting ready for Porkfest 2012. Porkfest is the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. And this year's Porkfest will be the best yet. Why is that, Mantric? Because of all the great speakers that'll be there? Or maybe the family fun events? Perhaps you're excited about Flaming Freedom's Big Gay Dance Party? Actually, I had no idea any of that goes on. You had no idea because you and I spent all our time running the Georgia's famous baklava food stand. And that's why I'm so excited. Every year we get to meet so many great people who stop by for food and jokes, some of which are a little dirty. Yeah, about the dirty jokes, we should Try not to offend so many people this year. It was one person, and I thought her wooden leg was for the pirate party. Oh, and don't forget all those times you walked away for five minutes only to return two hours later. I kept getting mauled by all my fans. You fell asleep on a picnic table. Oh, right. Hey, you want to wrap this up? Go to porkfest.com and register today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com.